54 contenders, 32 spots, 4 genres, 6 Disney animated classics, 3 Nicolas Cage, Bruce Willis, Harrison Ford, Jeff Goldblum, and Arnold Schwarzenegger actioners, 2 Batmans and Pixars, don't even get me started on romantic comedies, 13 films, 4 Julia Roberts vehicles, 2 starring Meg Ryan, Cameron Diaz, Tom Hanks, Richard Gere, and Hugh Grant, plus a prequel. We finish out our draft for Multiplex Madness Forever and discuss the 93rd Oscar nomination on this, the 143rd episode of What's in the Box Office. Hello everyone and welcome to What's in the Box Office. I'm your host, Brian. And I'm your host, Noah. And I uh, want to make it clear to everyone, uh, if you didn't hear it in there, don't worry. We will also be discussing George of the Jungle. Of course. So never fear. I just, I know there's a fervent group of people out there who just really want to hear about George of the Jungle all the time. And this is the this is the space for you. This is the space. It might not be past this space, but at least for now, this is the space. We have four genres we're discussing. We're finishing out our uh, round of 64 draft. Excuse me. We're getting all our contenders together for the uh, tournament. The tournament will actually begin uh, next week. We have four genres, the family films, the action films, the romantic comedies, and the sequels. A bit of uh, housekeeping. We have named our uh, divisions, which will be the names uh, going forward as well. Um, The drama division is now known as the Spike Lee division. The comedy known as the Mel Brooks division. The horror uh, genre will be in the John Carpenter division. The franchise starters will be in the Steven Spielberg division. And we are discussing this week the family films in the uh, Hayao Miyazaki division, the action films in the Tony Scott division, the romantic comedies in the Nor Ephron division, and the sequels in the Justin Lin division. I think we settled on the right names there. I feel good about it with the you know with some time passed in retrospect. I think we I think we did well. Yeah, there's only two strange ones. Um, Maybe Spike as well. He's not the first person you think of when you go drama, but certainly Justin. Yeah, but who wants... mm-hmm. It's just who wants the first person you think of? Well, then we should have picked differently for like four of these, uh, maybe five. Um, but Justin Lin for sequels. He obviously he directed uh, 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 the, fo- the third, fourth, fifth, sixth. And soon to be ninth and tenth, uh, Fast and Furious films, uh, maybe eleven at this point. I don't remember. And uh, and also Star Trek Beyond, and Tony Scott. Uh, I mean, just a, a handful of uh, of underrated, or just under talked about and under discussed gems. Um, every, almost every Denzel Washington movie you can think of. Uh, but also Top Gun and Enemy of the State and uh, uh, Man on Fire and Deja Vu and Unstoppable and the Taking of Pelham 123. And would he also do Courage Under Fire, maybe? Crimson Tide. Ah, there you go. Yes. Um, and Noah's a big fan, so we threw him in there. Uh, 
But yeah, everybody else makes sense. We're going through the uh, the Miyazaki, the Tony Scott, the Nora Ephron, and the Justin Lin division. Here, we're going to be drafting those films. We'll start with the... Is, is it Hayo? I've never even... I don't think I've ever I, pronounced his first name. I think so. I've always yeah. I've always thought it was Hayo. We start with the Hayo Miyazaki uh, division, the family films. Um, here we go. Noah, who are our contenders? All right. So, running down the list of the family films, we have The Lion King, Aladdin, Tarzan, A Bug's Life, Beauty and the Beast... Pocahontas, Stuart Little, 101 Dalmatians, The Flintstones, Mulan, George of the Jungle, The Rugrats Movie, and The Prince of Egypt. Okay, so last time I picked the two genres I wanted because I had one. Are we doing that again, or are you picking the two? How do you want to do this? Uh, yeah, I think as the uh, I think as the winner, you also uh, get to choose whether you want to go first in family and sequel or uh, romantic and action. Okay, well, let's see. I would like to go first in... Uh, yeah, family and sequel, I think, is where I'm going to start. All right. Uh, and the number one overall pick is going to be... Uh, I mean, it's might not be my personal number one choice, but uh, I do think it should go to The Lion King. Yes. That, the, that uh, the number two film of 1994, what was number one? Of 1994 was, oh God. We I, did this before, by the way. Yeah, I know we did. There's a, but it's not, you know, I have a few like touch points. Like I know Titanic is 97, just cold. I know that flat. Okay. We've already I, discussed the film. We've already discussed. You, you I'm picked it. Scroll back up. I picked it. God, I am going to scroll back up. This is going to go on far too long. Oh, well, then you'll get it right away. Uh, 94. No. It was well, if you're just going to look at a list, Empire. I'll just tell you. If you're just going to look at the... Because it says the year next to it. I, don't know I know. That's what that's, that's what I'm doing. I don't know release for, dates was, as well as you do off the top was, of my head. Forrest Gump was the number one film in 1994. As an this 80, is why I host Come and Gone from a theater near you and you compete. It was uh, 88 on Metacritic. It became the number one animated film of all time. Four Oscar nominations. It won two Academy Awards. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be The Lion King. What's your first pick? I Well... Seeing as The Lion King was the only $300 million grocer on the list, I'm going to go with the only $200 million grocer on the list. Uh, and also just a quick, you know, you you took mine, I'll take yours. Number two is Aladdin. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I think this is, you know, you look back at the uh, Multiplex Madness 2000, the family films dominated by Pixar. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think, oh, well, the Pixar movies are gone, not entirely gone, but uh, aren't as prominent. So it's a little more open, but no, it's just the same thing. Disney just, Disney yeah, just had I'm, their I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to apologize for the Disney influx we're going to have here because this was arguably the most successful decade that the, the, the most prolific decade that they have ever had, especially with the boom of VHS and toys. I mean, that's why these movies were so popular among us was because we were able to watch, you know, the Hunchback of Notre Dame and Hercules, which are not even eligible, but over and over again. Uh, that the uh, you know the the Disney Channel playing them. I mean, th- this is a big, big decade. So that's fine. Yeah, they've. I mean, they've really just owned every 
decade for the past 30 years. Yes, and they'll continue to. But they're animated, and then they're Pixar, and then they're Marvel. I, but Aladdin is my choice at number two. It made $217 million. It was uh, also high 80s, 86 on Metacritic. It was the number one film of 1992. Do you know the number two? 92? Um, Home Alone. That's probably right. Two. I, I'm going. I'm going to trust in your answer. I'm going to. It's it's part of our sequel. So hold on. Let me just scroll over. Yes, I'm right. It's the number two film in 1992. Very well done. You see, this is. Uh, well, I did that research last night for Home Alone two. So it does not. Still, otherwise, you, I, 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 otherwise, I may never have gotten it. I asked the question. And you knew the answer right away, sure. and that's all. That's all. That's all I took away from that. Sure. I. Aladdin had five Academy Award nominations. It won two, uh, and it's just clearly, uh, clearly the pick here, outpacing everything. Uh, things things start to get a little bit closer. Uh, so your third pick. Uh, well, my third pick is actually what I would consider to be the clear number two pick. So I'm glad you didn't take it. Mine is my number two pick in the third overall is the only anim- the I'm sorry, not the only, the first animated film ever to be nominated for Best Picture. Beauty and the Beast, released November fifteenth, nineteen ninety one. It made one hundred forty six million upon its initial release. It's been re released a bunch of times since then. Ninety five on Metacritic. It became the number one animated film in history. Nominated for six Academy Awards and it won two, including that all important didn't win Best Picture, but that uh, that all important Best Picture nom. Yes, I. That's right. I, I, I do think that I, I feel good about taking Aladdin at two, but I was, uh, I was incorrect that things start to get a little dicier at three. Right. Plus it's, uh, it might be the best song catalog of any of the, the, uh, the Disney animated uh, movies in the nineties. Sure. For Certainly really, we're really going to think about it. I mean, I'm not saying that they're my favorite, I'm just saying we're really going to break it down to like the better songs. It, it, it has a very good shot at taking that. It does, and that uh, the the best picture nomination is everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very cool, and that is uh, that is correct. So now we get to four, and I say for real, things are a little trickier here because sure. the numbers are uh, the numbers are squished together. I'm between two movies here, uh, and I think I'm just going to stick uh, stick with my big board and not overthink this too much. And go with Tarzan, which is okay. the highest-grossing film remaining, one hundred seventy-one million dollars. Uh, it uh, won an Academy Award in its own right, uh, and is just part of the, you know, part of the part of the Disney dominance. An Academy way. Award that Noah hates. Well, sure, yes, I, I have. I have I have softened on that as the years have gone on. Oh, good. But just you know, didn't didn't need to win best original song. It's a terrific song. Yeah, sure, that's true. Um, but yeah, I go I go I go I go with that instead of the other the other movie I'm thinking of here, which made a little less money and is not quite as thematically relevant yet. Right. So that leads me to my pick, which is a Bug's Life. Um, made 163, one Oscar nomination. Uh, it made more than, um, it made it, tickets sold. It probably sold more than a Lego movie, but more importantly, 
it staked Pixar's claim as not just a one-hit wonder house, um, that they could do more with it and people would go see it. It made not as much as Toy Story, but maybe $20 million off. Um, but just m- more more so that, that it wasn't a one-trick pony and that Pixar was something uh, to watch. So we'll go there. I know, uh, I know A Bug's Life has kind of fallen off in uh, modern times. It's not mm-hmm. really thought of among Pixar's movies. Were you a Bug's Life head uh, at the time? I watched it. I may have had a toy or two. I definitely had the VHS. So yeah, I've watched it a bunch. Okay. I, uh, I'm, just, I'm thinking about it here. I also remembered watching it a lot. Has a great uh, laugh from. Uh, is it Elaine Stritch? Just her as yes, an ant. So. Her as an ant with her head back and going, <laughs> is very uh, familiar to me. I don't know what we're going to do about the rest of these. This is a weird category where, like, there's three huge ones, and then the rest I'm just not as excited. Like, they're not, like, pertinent, and I'm just not as excited about it. So, like, any of these can be picked. Sure. Well, I, uh, I definitely, I definitely, there's, there's two here that I want to take. I'm going to, I'm only going to take one because those are the rules. Uh, my pick next is Stuart Little, which is not quite the highest grossing movie remaining. Uh, Pocahontas has it beat by a million dollars. I, but I think the live action aspect of it is interesting and worth uh, worth representing. Uh, so far, not at all represented. And after all, this is not the animated category. This is the family film category. So you are taking uh, Stuart... You're sorry, you're taking Stuart Little, right? I am taking Stuart Little. Okay. And also, uh, much like A Bug's Life, I watched Stuart Little a lot as a child. Yeah, I think I've watched it more than a few times. That is, I don't remember anything about it, but I did. He's on a little boat that one time. Okay. That's all I remember. Also, it might feature Hugh Laurie as the father. Well, it definitely does feature Hugh Laurie as the father, yes. Okay. We've exhausted the things I remember about Stuart Little. So you remember that he's on a boat. Do you remember who plays the mother? No, not at all. Okay. It's, I believe it's Gina Davis. Really? I believe. I could be wrong. And you remember who plays his brother? Oh, is I I I always forget the kid's name, but is the, is it the one that's like the little vampire guy? <laughs> Your basis for his career is him playing the little vampire movie I saw in theaters, and I don't think anyone else did. I don't think I've ever seen the little vampire. I don't, I don't remember it being very good, but I definitely saw it at least once. Um, Jonathan with Nikki, yes. Yes, yes. No, God, I would never I would never have conjured that name. All right, and then so for my last pick, I don't know. There's one that made money. There's one that, like, no one talks about, but, like, adjust for inflation and made a fuckload. Um, but it's, like, supposed to be really bad. You know, I really like George of the Jungle. Uh, everyone else really likes Mulan. I mean, I, I'm sure I like Mulan. I have nothing against Mulan. I just, I have a thing against that song being the biggest goddamn thing anyone our age has ever heard in their life. But I sure. do, I like Mulan. I had the VHS. I watched it a bunch, you know, but that song is just, it's, a, it's way overplayed and like, it's, it's fine. It's not great. Um, I will not, I will not argue at this time. 101 Dalmatians, you know, whatever. The Prince of Egypt was, is interesting. Rugrats movie. The second one is better. 
uh, but it made a lot of money. But like, I don't know, is Pocahontas problematic? I have no idea. Do I not I, pick it maybe. because it might be? I mean, it's a it's a surprisingly low Metacritic score for Disney. Yeah, though I don't think that would have been the reason 58. at the time. No, no, no. I'm just saying maybe it's also not very good. Yeah, I Again, mean, I was, I was, I was never a. I was never a Pocahontas fan as a child. Had the VHS, had some action figures, really liked uh, the movie a lot. Um, I do, I do, I do think there's something to be said for a, a Native American focused film in 1995, even if it's, you know, possibly not uh, up to today's standards of representation. Well, f- five years earlier, a Native, possibly not up to today's standards. But five years earlier, uh, a Native American focused film won Best Picture. So. That's true. But that's so a, it did star uh, Kevin Costner, right? Directed by him as well. Um, so yeah, I have no idea if it's like frowned upon, and maybe I shouldn't pick it because of that. Like, I, I'm I'll, not, I'm not picking the Flintstones. It's supposed to be garbage. Nobody liked it. It made a lot of money. But we're looking for the greatest, and that includes quality. So it's not getting my vote. Sure. Um, Rugrats, I will, I will say if huh. this helps, like. Uh, this helps any like calm any nerves at all. I do have Pocahontas on my big board. Okay. It's got it a is, terrific it lead song though. Colors of the oh, wind yeah. is great. It is. It's very great. It's so good. Um, and it's a, it's a great scene too. Very yeah. well animated and colorful. Do, 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 do. It's so good. Uh, yeah. I'll just go with Pocahontas then. All right. Uh, yeah. Again, this it's like a, for me, it's like oh, I don't, I don't care. We're, we're talking about three movies in this list. It's which other the other ones can are fine. Yeah, uh, I think that I think that's right. Uh, this list, I think, will have played out exactly according to my big board as I select the Prince of Egypt. Wow! Uh, with my final pick, I, which I think has a, a a very strong reputation. You know, I see it's only a, it's only a sixty four on Metacritic. wasn't looked upon at the time as like a masterpiece or anything, but I think it has held up very well in people's estimation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also just you know a, a an early non Disney sort of uh, interesting animated movie. I think it might be the most like interesting movie left. Super like religious focused. Maybe I am telling you, George of the Jungle is very strange, but I agree. Uh, I haven't, I had that soundtrack. I've seen that movie a bunch. I haven't seen it in maybe 20 years. So that's, that's going to be very interesting to rewatch. Okay. So then R8, uh, the Lion King, Aladdin, uh, Beauty and the Beast, Tarzan, a Bug's Life, Stuart Little, Pocahontas, and The Prince of Egypt. So we went six for eight there on Disney. Yeah. And seven for, no, five for eight on just like their classic draw. And the others are Pixar. But. And I, I think that's right sure. for the 90s. I think that's fair. We, 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 we start off with the big 90s, the Beauty and the Beast, and we ended with their, uh, their giant smash, Tarzan. Could, that Tarzan made more than like Hercules and shit. Like way more than the later nineties. I mean, Mulan was the year before Tarzan. Mulan made one twenty. Tarzan made one seventy one. And they just they feel like different eras of their. I don't know why that one year feels entirely different, but it does. I agree. I'm sorry. Did you say Mulan was a year before or a year after? Before. I guess Mulan was Mulan was ninety eight. Tarzan's ninety nine. Yeah, that's a. 
They feel Mulan, like they're like three years apart. I agree. And like Mulan, it feels to me like Mulan came later. Like really? Mulan and Hercules. Yeah, Mulan and Hercules do not, to me, feel like they've they've never felt like a part of the same era. Yeah, well, it's it's, it's always broken up. To, I think it has to do with our consciousness and where where we just were in the world. Like the first three, I'm sure, I'm sure the first three, true. we have no recollection of. You know, the Aladdin, the Lion King, and the Beauty and the Beast. The Pocahontas and the Hunchback were like right in our wheelhouse of like, okay, we kind of know what's going on. And then I think Hercules is ninety seven, Mulan's ninety eight, and those feel so still far removed. Like it's, I, if you had asked me, I would say Hercules is like 99 Mulan's probably. Oh yeah. And then Tarzan is like 2000. Like Tarzan doesn't feel like a nineties Disney movie. See, I would, I would have picked Hercules as the 2000, but I, I, I completely understand what you mean about like they're separated by a year or two, but just since we were tiny children with mushy brains, it's like this movie came out 10 years after that movie. Yeah. It's what it feels just so different. Um, all right, our next uh, genre, the uh, uh, the Tony Scott division, the action films. Noah, who are the contenders? Yes. We have 14 contenders in this category. We've got Independence Day, Twister, Armageddon, Air Force One, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, True Lies, Deep Impact, Godzilla, The Rock, Speed, Total Recall, Face Off, GoldenEye, and Con Air. Okay, you have a first pick here. What are you going with? I I am going with a movie that I was very surprised to recently learn does not necessarily have the esteemed reputation in everyone's eyes that it doesn't mine, but it's the highest grossing film here, and I think it's really good, and I'm picking Independence Day at one. Can't argue. Because it... Uh, Grossed over $300 million, which again, is just a big deal. It's the number one film of 1996. It was, uh, it got two Academy Award nominations. It won one of them. It was at the time, the number two film ever. Uh, and was a huge, uh, huge part of launching Will Smith, who's kind of a big deal. There's, there's somewhere, uh, somewhere you can hear a little more about that. You can find on our website. <laughs> Uh, my first pick is going to be a movie that I think has only increased in esteem since its release. I think I'm a cult favorite, even though I made bundles of money, and that is Armageddon. That is number two film of 1998. Uh, the number one film of 1998 was, whoa. Saving Private Ryan, I think. Um, But uh, yeah, four Oscar nominations, obviously all technicals. But uh, relatively speaking, it made uh, uh, more money than uh, Iron Man, which is crazy. And it's just it's 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 you know it it's 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 it has a criterion, you know, and uh, and it's just uh, a ton of fun. I think it only gets better as we get further from it. So. I uh, I think that's right. Armageddon was number two on my list as well, and it's 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 still it's still a part of the culture. It feels uh, it feels, and I realize like it's a later '90s, but a lot a lot of these that we're talking about up here are later '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think that I think that's the right pick. 
My next pick I feel a little weird about because I'm not... I always feel weird when I leave the super high grocers on the board. It happens every time. Uh, but I gotta go with my heart. Uh, Twister you. just Twister just doesn't really do much for me. You're taking my, num- my next one because I know where you're going has. with this. Uh, I am going with Air Force One. Never mind. That's also very high <laughs> grossing. You said you weren't going high grossing anymore. No, I said I wasn't going with the highest. Like oh, it's just it's a big it's a big disparity between Twister and Air yes. Force One. Uh, it's what like seventy million dollars, yes, roughly. Uh, but Air Force One is still uh, still the second highest grocer left available. One hundred seventy three million dollars there. Uh, Sixty one on Metacritic, two Academy Award nominations. But it's just like I think it's really good, and it's like a. I was about to say it's like one of the seminal Harrison Ford movies, which I think is true, but also that list could have like legitimately 10 movies as like his essentials. Right. Uh, which, you know, good for him. It's just that, that, that hadn't really occurred to me until as I was saying it. It's like, it's one of, it's one of the biggest Harrison Ford movies, except, except for all of the others that just flashed in front of my mind. I, uh, but I think that movie's great. I like it a lot, and I uh, I want it on my uh, meaningless team. Okay, well, I'm going with a movie I thought you were going to pick, uh, and it is much lower grossing than the movies we've been discussing. It is 1994's Speed. I mean, what career didn't it launch? Sandra Bullock? Check. Keanu Reeves' action career? Check. Plus, it's just really, really good. Uh, 78 on Metacritic, $121 million adjusted for inflation. That's more than Venom just made. Three Oscar nominations and two Academy Awards. Uh, Speed is my next pick. Yeah, Speed is uh, Speed is really just like surprisingly great. We uh, we watched it within the last like year, uh, and I was I was shocked at how well it held up. And also the uh, as you said, the careers it launched are very important to the movie world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's a very good pick. This is the time when I take Twister because $240 million cannot be ignored. Uh, it's the number two film of 1996. It's two Oscar nominations. Uh, in today's money, it would have grossed over $400 million. And that's just, it's a, it's a giant hit about a weather event. A lot of these movies are about weather events, as I'm considering it. Uh, at least two. Yeah, I, th- I think I think you could. Uh, I, I would I would argue three. You think Armageddon is a weather event? Yeah, I think so. It causes some storms. It's not not in the same way that Twister is, but yeah, I feel I feel so. Um, you know, it's tough. We're leaving a lot of very high profile movies on the table here. Yeah. Uh, my next film is going to be a crowd pleaser uh, and uh, one that is um, still looked upon with, uh, with high regard. They just announced a uh, 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 Adam Weingard is signed on to do a reboot or a sequel or something to it. And it is 1997's Face Off. Ah, the hype behind yes, it was is. huge. Uh, 
it's two insane actors being their most insane and it's still very memeable and everyone on Twitter really loves it. So we're going with that. Yeah. I think that's uh, I like, I like that pick. It's a little earlier than I would have had it, but well, we don't have All too right. many spots to go. You're on, you're no, on your last this is, one. This is my last pick. And this is, this is tough. This is the problem with making the big board. I don't get everything I want. On the one hand, I've got, I've got one movie definitively higher than the other. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm between two things here. What uh, you could just say. one of them. Yeah, I'll just say them. Uh, I am between Deep Impact and The Rock. Uh, Why Deep Impact? Deep Impact was a movie that I had uh, I had an affinity for when it came out. I've seen it several times, uh, and it was just it was it was a part of my life in the way that Armageddon was not. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like that wasn't like a, a choice at the time. I was seven, but it's just like I, I I picked one asteroid movie instead of the other. Yeah, so did I. I didn't uh, see Deep yeah. Impact. I saw Armageddon in theaters when I was seven. I mean, you know, the ones that I'm considering are GoldenEye for its legacy. Sure. Relaunched the Bond, uh, successfully relaunched Bond as a series, Pierce Brosnan, the video game. Um. Uh, Total Recall, because everybody loves it, even though I recently watched it. It's not for me, but everybody really loves it. Uh, and then, I mean, it's hard to argue with the fucking money Robin Hood Prince of Thieves made. I mean, 318 adjust for inflation is crazy. Yeah, Robin Hood doing that in 1991 is tough. Came out four days before I was born. It feels crazy. So those are the three that I'm juggling. I'm, you know, yeah. GoldenEye didn't make an enormous amount of money. But so is it really more of like a greatest block? You know, people really like Total Recall, even though it didn't really, you know, get high marks from critics at the time. Um, I feel like, you know, I mean, I think- we're definitely not doing Godzilla. No. And we're not doing Con Air. We know these things. Right. And, and I don't think either of us said True Lies. No. So True Lies is also out. There's better Cameron in this competition, and so it's fine. So, I don't know. What do we do? I don't know. It's also tough because, if we're being totally honest, my reasoning for looking at The Rock is that it's always just struck me as a movie that I might really love, mm-hmm. but I've never seen it. Interesting, but it just it seems so cool. It seems like it might be like Michael the Bay, sort of, yeah. But like, it seems like it might be like the low key Michael Bay. Like, you know, everyone talks about Bad Boys and Armageddon, but like his best movie is actually The Rock. Uh, I mean, I think I would say it's in between those as far as Michael Bay ish. You know, it's it's more than Bad Boys, but certainly less than Armageddon as oh, far yeah. as Michael Bay yeah. flair. Sure, I don't. I don't even mean like in terms of his his big bombastic style oh, but just I see. in terms of like it does it just kind of sneaks under the radar sure uh and it's got a great it's got a cool cast and it's got a cool premise sure and i'm just uh just i feel, I feel like there's a chance that i'd be one of those people that's really into the rock Maybe you'd be really into Robin Hood Prince of Thieves Maybe. I've seen it recently and i hated it but Joe oh. really loved it for some reason. He <laughs> was like, oh, I love that Robin movie. Hood and Prince I was shocked. 
Well, it's, it's a it's an uh, action movie with Rob with C- Kevin Costner and Morgan Freeman, and, and Alan Alan Rickman's the villain. Yeah, literally, I constantly have to remind myself that Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, is not Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Sure. I see it on this list and I'm like, why is it in the action movies? Shouldn't that be a comedy? No, it's a different movie. This is a conversation I've had in my head many times over the past several weeks. I, so I, this is a, now you got me thinking about Robin hood. I can't second guess myself. I can't, I can't think on it too much. I got to cut the rock. I've never seen the rock. Maybe it sucks. Uh, and go with the other big asteroid movie. I'm selecting Deep Impact. Oh boy, it's happened. Uh, all right. I mean, talk me off Goldeneye. Is it just because it's a low amount? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know that I want to talk you off Goldeneye. I think your point about Goldeneye's legacy is uh, it's a is big important. legacy. It right. is. It's the uh, it's the opening. Uh, it's, it's the opening Brosnan movie. It's the Casino Royale of its time. Uh, sort of, I, I think maybe like a a cultural revival. Well, it was because the the, the last few didn't do well. I think the last one was The Living Daylights five years earlier, and maybe seven or six years earlier, and that bombed. It was the lowest grossing Bond movie. Yeah. And then it went and into hiatus and then it came back as like, no bond is back and we're cool. And we have this young guy doing it. Yeah. And you know, you want to talk about its broader legacy, like the golden eye video game is a legitimate consideration. I know I, I you know, the- and it's going to go against independence day. And I think it has a case to take legacy from independence day. Well, at least hey, one, I guess one, sure. of, at least one of them, I suppose. Yeah. It, it, it might, it might, it might have a case. I think it, I think I think a case a case is good. So, yeah, I think a, I think Goldeneye's a really good pick here. I know, I know. One Robin Hood made so much fucking money. It did. The money's hard. That's why I picked Ghost. I'm almost done watching Ghost. It's taking you a while. No, I'm I I am taking Goldeneye. Okay. It's it's it, it's a cool choice. <laughs> Robin Hood Man's Tides is not good. I'm not picking it. <laughs> Uh, and then the other one was going to, you know, I, I almost picked the rock just for you, but we can watch it another time, whatever. And and a Nicholas cage got in with face off, which is arguably the Nicholas cage. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, total recall, whatever. I didn't like it very much. Okay. You have any takes on con air, your con air guy? Uh, I saw it. It, I don't know. I feel like they're more interesting of like the crazy Nick cage movies. It's got, it's probably true. It's got a cool cast, but uh, no, it's no, I don't know. So, I think it's I think it's fun. All right, um, uh, that leaves our contenders as Independence Day, Armageddon, Air Force One, uh, Speed. Uh, these are all out of order. Uh, Twister, Face Off, Deep Impact, and Goldeneye. All right, moving on to the Nora Ephron division, the romantic comedies. Noah, who are our yes. Contestants. We've got 13 here. Pretty Woman, There's Something About Mary, Jerry Maguire, Runaway Bride, As Good As It Gets, My Best Friend's Wedding, Sleepless in Seattle, You've Got Mail, Notting Hill, Shakespeare in Love, While You Were Sleeping, The Wedding Singer, and Four Weddings and a Funeral. I am very excited 
for all of these. This I, is this is a behemoth of choices. Yes, I think. Uh, I I feel I, I I'm opening by saying I feel pretty good about my big board here, and follow up by immediately saying I'm changing it. I'm diverting okay. from my previously selected number one pick. Uh-huh. I, especially now that I hadn't even considered. Uh, it's between Pretty Woman and There's Something About Mary. Okay. I think. And I hadn't even considered the year discrepancy there. Uh, I'd previously locked in There's Something About Mary as just the movie that feels like it feels like one of the defining 90s comedies. I, I don't think I've ever seen it. I've seen parts of it. I very know, interesting. It's going to be very interesting yeah. watching that. I, but when I when I think of a romantic comedy, I, I, like, I think there, there's something about Mary Counts. It just, it's, it's very romantic. It's all I'm, about I'm love. Sure it, is. it is, yeah. But my, my thought is that a romantic comedy is a romance that's funny more than it's a comedy that's romantic. Uh, so I'm going with the movie that I think more plainly fits with what I think of as a romantic comedy, which also uh, grossed a little more money and came out eight years earlier. I'm picking Pretty Woman. Uh, okay. Because it was $178 million. That's the highest grosser here. Uh, it's more than today's money of Furious 7, which is silly. That's a, that's, that's a lot of money for Pretty Woman. Uh, it's the number one romantic comedy of all time. Uh, it was nominated. Julia Roberts is nominated for Best Actress, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just like I I think one of one of the absolute definitive romantic comedies. Sure, I'm pretty sure I've seen it. Okay, is my, fi- my final thought. Um, you know, you had said uh, so. You you took Julia Roberts. Highest grossing film on this list at number one. I am taking her best film on this list at number one. Interesting. And that is my best friend's wedding. I'm deciding to give you there's something about Mary because whatever. Um, (laughs) Also, if my best friend's wedding wins from the two seed, it won't have to face pretty woman until the finals. If it gets that far. Sure. So we'll see what that looks like. If that's the case, that's how it shapes up. But yeah, my, my best friend's wedding is fucking fantastic it holds up like a gem um 127 million that 50 metacritic is outrageous uh one oscar nomination and uh 207 adjust for inflation get out of here and it's just so goddamn good so yeah that's what we're going with. i i i had that on my list much farther down uh entirely because i know how much you like it and so it seems like it's probably pretty good yeah, it is. It's very good. Uh, I rewatched it during quarantine. It's really fucking good. All right, no, go ahead. So then, yeah, I take uh, I take. There's something about Mary. Okay. Uh, at three again, just a feel feels like a a comedy that is locked in the '90s. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure is. And well, sure, probably in more ways than one. I. Uh, and it's just it's just too much money, and, and it's more it's more more money in today's terms than the Matrix Reloaded. Um, my number two pick and the number four pick overall is going to be Jerry Maguire. We could debate whether it's a comedy or not, but it's goddamn romantic. It is two of the greatest romantic lines ever written for film. 
What are they, Noah? Yes. Uh, that is going to be uh, You Had Me at Hello and, and Show Me the Money. No, you're, well, I'm, I'm, that's no, a, I was, but by the yeah. way, that's a, it has three classic lines in all of no, cinema you, no, history. I, but no, I, you, you're, you're, uh, you Had Me at Hello is in response to the, the uh, other one. I know. Uh, you Complete Me. That's is right. Yes. You Complete Me. Which is, which I, th- I think is so impressive in just that that's not, that that doesn't seem like a line. It just seems like a basic thought, okay. but it, but it, I mean, it, it is like, it is but tied we, to Jerry Maguire. Right. Well, because I, Jerry Maguire is, the whole idea is that he is a broken person. He, he is missing something and she's the sure. missing piece of it. But yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. You had, I just, I, you I think it's, hello, though. it's just, I think, I think it's very impressive to get such a basic sentence as like an all time movie quote. There you go. So you go on the um, AFI list, and the movie is like, "Hi, how you doing?" Sure. <laughs> like, holy uh, shit! A <laughs> hundred. Hi, how you doing? Great. But one hundred fifty-four million dollars, seventy-seven on Metacritic, five Oscar nominations, no, including picture, actress. No, I'm sorry, actor. Uh, original screenplay. She should have been nominated for uh, actress, uh, and it won best supporting actor for Cuba Gooding Jr. Two hundred fifty-six adjusted for inflation. Jerry Maguire. It's also just. Ter- it's just terrific. Uh, Cameron Crowe just it's 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 really really fucking good and um yeah, yeah it's a great movie and uh, it goes on the list I will be excited to rewatch that if uh, if it comes to that in this tournament because I've only seen it once this this part of the tournament is interesting because this is uh, you know we've knocked out the the two like I, I guess Jerry Maguire is kind of like a third superstar movie in this category in my mind. Mm-hmm. And there's still three movies remaining that I think are probably the top three in terms of like my relationship to what a romantic comedy is. Sure. Uh, because of uh, when I grew up and what movies my mom liked to watch. Are these both the same by the same people? I... I don't know that the third one is. Oh, there's. I think so. There's two. There's three. No, yeah. I, I can't. There I are. There are. Oh, I know what the third one is. Yeah. I. That's so it. I'm going to take one of those movies now, and I'll just take the uh, earliest and highest grossing one, which is Sleepless in Seattle. Okay. I uh, is just a a movie that I've seen a few times because my mom's seen it a million times. I. I watched and it for the first time in like April, I think. Yeah, how'd it go? It was good. I'd never seen it before. Yeah. It was good, yeah. Uh is is just honestly one of the movies that is just you you say romantic comedy and I think Sleepless in Seattle. Do you know the I original think... song? That was it was nominated for original screenplay and song. You know the song? By no, Harry Harry Connick Jr. Not off the top of my head. I probably had, recognize it. It had to be you. That's an original song for Sleepless in Seattle. I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna. I'll double check now that you're so flabbergasted. But I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that would be wild. I. Uh, but yeah, I can't. Uh, I can't not let that movie go. I'm sure. Having said Sleepless in Seattle, you can probably you probably know what the second one is. Uh, yes, I do. But you said but there's the three. third one will be a secret. Yeah. I think I know what the third one is, but. I'll, I'll 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 probably end up picking it too. Is this my th- is this this is my third right out of four? Uh, yes, that is correct. All right, so then I'm gonna go with uh. There's two Oscar winners on here. 
Oh, maybe the other Oscar winners here. The one. Um, I don't know. There, there's two Oscar winners on here. I'm going with the better one. And the one that really surprised me when I watched it, I'm going with Shakespeare in Love, Noah. Oh, okay. I, yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I think that probably has to be picked. 87 Metacritic. Winner. 13 Academy Award nominations, Noah. Yeah. This is, Including this is director and supporting actor for Jeffrey Rush. Seven Oscars. Picture. Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, and Original Screenplay. No, who is the actress and supporting actress? Uh, in Shakespeare and Love, yeah. I know, uh, I believe actress is Gwyneth Paltrow. I know yes, she's in it. She uh, supporting Actress, I have no idea. Uh, of course, her eight-minute eight scene, I think, five-minute scene, uh, Judy Dench. Ah, okay. And who was the famous Oscar producer who campaigned that movie all the way to its uh, Academy Award? You know, I'd rather not say. We don't suck. Bob something. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We'll go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, yikes. Yeah. I see, mean, that's, it, that's, listen, that's, I, I, it's a shame, but he didn't make the movie. And so, I mean, he, he literally made the movie, but he didn't literally, literally make the movie. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I got you. Uh, okay, so then that that makes my pick tough because, well, no, I guess not. I apologize. I'm going to reveal the last. No, I think I'm wrong about it had to be you. Okay. But I don't know which. Go ahead. What, what, it's what... just it's just featured prominently in the movie. No, but one uh, of his songs was nominated. I could have. Hang on, I'll tell you in two seconds. Sure. Uh, while you're uh, while you're confirming, I will make my pick. Uh, the sort of uh, the sister movie to Sleepless in Seattle is You've Got Mail, and is the other movie. You said the, there were the, three. I know, but Sleepless in Seattle and You've Got Mail are like a one A and one B, right. and then the third one's a two. Uh, so I'm taking my one B and You've Got Mail. Uh, yeah. I'll reveal. I'll reveal the last one after we've done it, as to not influence you. Uh, but you've got mail, much like uh, much like Sleepless in Seattle, is just completely emblematic to me, uh, and would have outgrossed the Revenant had it came out today, which is kind of cool. Um, the song was a wink and a smile. Now I say, I'm not picking Runaway Bride because it's terrible. Okay, and I made a lot of money because. That was a big summer movie. It was the big reunion between uh, Gear and Roberts and uh, Gary Marshall. And um, movies just made a lot of money. It was a very influx of people going to see movies. I wish I could pick Four Weddings and a Funeral. I really don't think yeah. I can justify that 52 gross. I, It's a damn shame because it's it's might be the best movie on this list outside of maybe Shakespeare. But uh, it's, it's really great, but I can't do it. I've never I seen agree. While You Were Sleeping, and 81 is not moving me at all. So I am instead going to pick a movie that I saw in theaters and that I recently watched also in quarantine. I've seen a lot of movies in quarantine, guys. Um, and that is just delightful. And I know it's adding to our our just having the, these are just the same casts in all these movies. So what else? What, what are we going to do about it? But whatever. Uh, it's I'm picking Notting Hill. That's the one. That's, That's the what other I one. thought it might be the one. Yeah. Yeah. So then what are she's you a movie pick? star and he's like a schlub? 
I mean, he's not. He's a, he's a, he's he's more like a dork. You know, he's a big bumbling. I mean, he's still Hugh Grant. Yeah. He's gorgeous, but oh, sure, he trips over himself. Yeah, but like he's not a movie star. He's just a guy. No, he's not. But there are parts that are very very funny in it, and they're both very good in it, and it's very sweet. So yeah, we'll go with yeah. that. I uh, haven't uh, I haven't seen that movie in many years, but there was a there was a time when I would have said that it was my mom's favorite movie. Okay. Which I don't think I don't think was ever true. It's not like it's not like the sound of music or anything. Sure, but, sure, sure. But boy, did she watch that a lot. All right, so our final picks uh, for the Nor Ephron division. Hey, Nor Ephron is represented twice here. Um, is a uh, pretty woman, my best friend's wedding. There's something about Mary, Jerry Maguire, Sleepless in Seattle, Shakespeare in Love. You've got mail and Notting Hill. Our final genre in the Justin Lin division and the final genre we're going to be drafting at all is uh the Justin Lin division the sequels what are our contenders here we've got 14 Star Wars episode 1 the Phantom Menace Toy Story 2 the Lost World Jurassic Park Austin Power the spy who shagged me Terminator 2 Judgment Day Batman Forever namesake hello Home Alone 2 Lost in New York Batman Returns Lethal Weapon 3 Tomorrow Never Dies, Clear and Present Danger, Die Hard 2, Ace Ventura, When Nature Calls, and Die Hard with a Vengeance. I desperately still want to say A Clear and Present Danger. That is the title in my head ever since this year when I also watched this. That uh, I I think I was typing it into my list and I was like, "Mm, wait, what? Because it just sounds like it's A Clear... Clear and present danger sounds insane to me. And it might be because I've yeah. been saying a clear and present danger for 29 years. It's, it's exactly the same as interview with the vampire. Yes. It's also like, that's not right. <laughs> it would be like, uh, if like, um, you know, tomorrow never dies. It's called like tomorrow never does die. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? I don't think that's the case. Or like Ace Ventura, when nature calls you. No, I don't. What do you, <laughs> Die hard with the <laughs> Die Hard with the Vengeance. Yes. Die um, Hard with Vengeance. Alright. I'm going to throw everybody for a loop, but when you think about it, not really that much of a loop. My first number one pick is going to be Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Yeah, okay. Which I, is I was... fifth on the list, but 204 in 1991, the biggest film of 1991, the number three biggest film worldwide. Six Academy Award nominations, four Oscars, and an adjusted inflation of about $400 million. Plus, what a legacy that thing has. So, yeah. Yes. Uh, as you were saying, you're going to throw everyone for a loop. I was like, how could you possibly like be like, yeah, but not really? But, yeah, that's as soon as you said it, like, of course, that's yeah. a, I would have picked. That is a very deserving. You know, Batman Forever's in the conversation, but because that's our namesake, it gets an automatic buy. And we're only drafting seven movies. Is that just moves yeah, the, in? See, I thought it was that we'd go through the whole tournament, but then whoever wins has to face off against Batman Forever. We only named our tournament that because it's the epitome of what we're doing. It's it is right. the winner. So we're like, well, that's what's the what what is the greatest blockbuster of the '90s that isn't Batman Forever? Yeah, this is actually the final episode of uh, Multiplex Madness Forever. We did it. Um, uh, what's yours, Noah? Well, I'm going to go ahead and take the Phantom Menace here. <laughs> okay. It's not all I, about I, numbers, my man. Sure, it's not all about numbers, but like, look at the numbers, though. I made a lot of money. <laughs> $431 million. Yeah. That is a, 
well over a hundred. I think that's a, over a hundred and fifty million dollars more than the next film on this list. Yeah, uh, it was the number one film of nineteen ninety nine. It was the number four of all time, number two worldwide. Got three Oscar nominations, and uh, in its time, was like bigger than Infinity War. Yep. Uh, and like it's you're right it's not all about numbers but it's kind of about numbers uh my number two film is also a number two film toy story 2 that is black gold 88 on metacritic 245 million uh 388 adjust for inflation um just made so much more money than the first one and was more claimed than the first one. And, uh, here you go. And is is still somehow kind of like shocking that people are like, it's easily the worst. I'm like, are you out of your mind? It's the, it's, it's the lost toy story movie. It's terrific. Which... I also rewatched this during quarantine. It's terrific. I don't know what everyone's talking about. Anyway. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not one of those people. That's like, I thought you didn't like it. I, I don't. I don't like it relative to the other two movies. The other two uh, movies. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Sure. The other Come three on. movies. <laughs> Excuse. I don't consider Toy Story four Not part really, of it. Really. Just it's just it's its own thing. Talk about a rewatch. I you can, probably should rewatch that fucking thing. You hated so much. If I can. Uh, I liked it better the second time. That's good. When I when I realized I don't know why I just quoted David S. Pumpkins twice. What did you say? Uh, well, I, I said it's it's not part of it. It's its oh, own it's thing, so which is just that quote backwards. <laughs> <laughs> which, like, I, I kind of think is true. Like, Toy Story 1, 2, and 3 sure. are a trilogy. And then also there's Toy Story 4, which is pretty good. Uh, All right. And I don't, I don't like 2 relative to 1 and 3, which are great and greater. Uh but which is which we'll find out later. I, uh, but no, I think that is, I think that is a good pick. That was in fact, my, uh, number three on my big board as okay, well. Okay. Well, what's your, uh, number, uh, four now? Number four is just, is a movie that I have to quickly confirm with myself because like, is it my number four? But, yeah this, i guess it is this might be and i'm gonna say this and then you're going to take my movie but this might be my easiest genre where i'm like oh i'm just gonna pick those four and like okay. i have no second thoughts about them at all but I, why, why don't you take one of the goddamn movies i'm thinking of now that i put that out of the universe fine are you thinking of the lost world jurassic park no no I'm not. okay i yeah i i think this is a uh I, th- I think what it is, is I feel like sequels for me are like kind of a kind of the category where I consider money more. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like a, a big part of a sequels mission is to be very successful the same way that like when we're looking when we're looking at dramas, I try to think like, you know, I consider quality a lot more. Uh, and The Lost World Jurassic Park doesn't really do do it for me as much but it's the uh it's the highest grossing remaining and i don't uh, you know i don't want to i don't want to sit here and hem and haw too much up top we'll get to that uh 
Right. We'll get to that when we're in the last four picks. But uh, so yeah, I'll just I'll just go with go with what my gut was a week ago, and uh, we're picking the Lost World. And it's nothing it's nothing to sneeze at. Two hundred twenty nine million dollars. It's nominated for an Academy Award. Most of these were, but still, it's been taken. Um, you know, you say it's about money and it's about sequels being successful. I'm picking a movie that came out two years after Jurassic World and made just under $20 million. And that is Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. I mean, can you imagine Austin... When they announced there's going to be a sequel to Jurassic Park and a sequel to Austin Powers, that the second Austin Powers movie, the first one of which made sixty something million dollars, would make right. twenty million less than the sequel to Jurassic Park. This is a this is a very good point. Crazy. I I remember the campaign. I think I think this was the marketing campaign. There's two marketing campaigns from the summer of '99 that I remember distinctly. And I think the one for Austin Powers was it started, the teaser started, if you're going to see one movie this summer, see Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. If you're going to see two movies this summer, see Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. And say uh, an early, uh, you can see both. Exactly. And then the other one was uh, for the uh, movie that's been eliminated from our list, but I'll say it anyway, uh, the American Pie marketing campaign said on a list of, I think it was Vanity Fair, Hollywood Reporters, 10 most anticipated movies of the summer. You know, you have this, 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 but what's American Pie? Because that was on the list and that was before people knew about it. So that right. was their big market. Like, why why is this? You know, just, but those are the two I remember distinctly watching in theaters. But I really loved that. If you're going to see one movie, see their movie. But if you're going to see two movies, come see our movie. Uh, but no, I mean, this is a, the classic breakout <laughs> sequel. It made so much more money than the other one. It w- Austin Powers was everywhere. This was a phenomenon. And and so how, how, I, I cannot pick Austin Powers as Fire Shagley. I think you're. Uh, I think you're absolutely right, and uh, I, I regret my pick. That's a better pick. But we move on. We only look forward. Much like a star athlete, you have a terrible memory. You just think about the next shot. Uh, what is your last pick? It's my second to last pick. Great. Which is worse? Because whenever I get in this spot, don't take my I movie because this is going to be a clean sweep for me. I think. All right. Of There's just like the ones I wanted. I get to take two movies and there's a movie I should take and a movie I want to take. And then, so take the one you want to take. I'm probably not going to take the one that you Well, I'll probably take the one that you should take, but in case I take the one that you want to take, take the one you want to take. It's not, it's not even that you're going to take the one I want to take. I'm pretty confident you're not. Oh, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fine. But it's that your pick is not going to go how I expect it to go. And then I'm going to get stuck at eight and have to take a different movie rather than the movie I want to take. But I, I'm going to take your advice and just take the movie I want to take now yeah. because uh, this is, uh, this is half my podcast and I'll do half of what I want. Uh, my pick here is Die Hard, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, I thought I was, I thought it was going to be Die Hard 2. Do you like Die Hard with a Vengeance more than Die Hard 2? Oh yeah. That seems crazy. It's not. Gene Siskel rated Die Hard 2 on his top 10 of the year. <laughs> that came that out. might be true. I don't know. I haven't seen Die Hard 2 that much. 
Mm. I've seen I've seen it a couple times, and I've seen Die Hard and Die Hard with a Vengeance a million times each. Wow. Uh, I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is like secretly incredible. I don't know if it's I don't know how secretly it's a uh, it's a high performing sequel, even though it's the lowest performing uh, movie on this list at a hundred million dollars. But I don't care. I love it so so much. Sure. I think uh, I think it's really it's just really very good. It's a good it's a good Die Hard sequel in the sense that you know people people always say the thing about Die Hard that's so great is that John McClane's just like an everyman cop, and that yeah. you make more of them that goes away. Uh, because he's done this four or five times. Uh, the sequel does a great thing in that it turns the everyman into Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. He's very good in this movie. Uh, Alan Rickman in Die Hard is one of film's greatest villains, and casting Jeremy Irons as his brother is something that, as every year goes by, I think about more and more. It's absolutely genius. Uh and it's just it's just a it's a really great movie with a lot of great scenes that I uh, I'm really into and I'm taking it. Okay, well then I'm taking from my last pick the seventh overall of this conference movie that uh, I think is maybe maybe with the exception of Terminator Two the has the best uh, lasting power and reputation. Uh, it's only grown over time. People consider it the best of its field. And that is Batman Returns from 1992. Interesting. Oh, that that throws everything for a loop. Don't, okay. Uh, number one opening weekend of all time. Two Oscar nominations. Wasn't as successful or critically acclaimed as the first Batman. But as time has gone on and as the critical consensus in this country becomes people who, are, who were 10 years old when Batman Returns came out... Uh, this is uh, only grown in uh, in cri- the critical consciousness and is considered uh, one of the best, if not the best, Batman uh, and sequels of all time. So there you go. Plus, darker, Very interesting. darker, grittier sequel. Hello, it started that whole. Well, I mean, sure, technically Phantom Menace, but this really did the grittier bit. Yeah, Phantom Menace. When you look back, not so gritty. Pretty silly. Yeah, I. Okay, well, that... Uh, was that going to be your last pick? No, my, my pick was going to be Batman Forever. I don't uh, do that. I, Who cares? Because I felt that Batman had to be represented. It was the higher grossing of the two. It's our tournament's namesake. Uh, and now that it is, I'm going to pivot uh, to the other movie that's left on my... Uh, on my big board, we'll leave Batman Forever as, uh, you know, the as the the spirit the spirit of our tournament, if not necessarily an option, a contender. Uh, and I'm going to take 1992's Home Alone Two: Lost in New York. Okay, uh, get that Trump bump. Which yes, I will. Uh, I will be getting that Trump bump. <laughs> <laughs> that is exclusively why I took this. I mean, it's just, it's again, the, the sequels category is just kind of a numbers game for me. And that's a lot of money in 1992, sure. 1992. That's one of the earliest possible I mean, it's, years. It's, it's a lot. Okay. It's a lot uh, less than the other home. Home alone came out two years before that and made like two eighty. but yeah, I know. But I also, I also just haven't seen home alone too very much. And I know that I don't care for home alone. 
Uh, so I don't feel as weird about taking it. Uh, but it was, a, it was the number two film of its year. Uh, in today's terms, it's over $325 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, and is just, it's just incredibly impressive. It also is the inspiration for a very short, but very great John Mulaney bit. Uh, how can you get lost in New York? It's a much, grid system. I don't know how much weight that's going to hold in legacy, but sure. No, not much. It's just, I just, sure. it makes me smile. Uh, and a lot of, a lot of these other movies, like I just don't have a huge relationship to like, I've, I've never seen clear and present danger though. I'm sure it's quite good and I would like it. Uh, you would tomorrow never dies. Lethal weapon three, like, uh, tomorrow never dies. Ace. has some good action stuff. I've never seen any of the lethal weapon movies. I, so yeah, I'm just going, uh, I'm going with the, I'm going with the, the numbers. I'm a business, I'm a businessman, not a businessman. Right, so here are our matchups for the Lawrence of Arabia conference. Uh, the Justin Lin division, we have star Wars episode one, the phantom menace going up against, uh, home alone Two: lost in the, no, we don't Jesus Christ. Uh, Terminator two judgment day going up against home alone Two: lost in New York. The battle of the twos there in their titles plus a colon. Yeah. Um, a lot of twos going on here. We have star Wars episode one, the phantom menace, uh, against a film that would come out five months after toy story two. No, God damn it. I don't know how this works. Batman <laughs> returns. Sorry. Batman returns. Go. Uh, another phantom menace, Batman. Um, we have, uh, toy story two, Going up against where is it? Oh, it's at the bottom. Die Hard with a Vengeance, of course, all the way down <laughs> at the bottom. And the Lost World Jurassic Park against Austin Powers, the spy who shagged me. In the uh, Nor Ephron division, Pretty Woman will be battling against Notting Hill, Julia Roberts immediately head to head. Um, then we have My Best Friend's Wedding will go up against you've got mail. Uh, then we have, <laughs> there's something about Mary facing off against Shakespeare in love. Boy, that's two different movies uh, in the same year. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And finally, time Jerry, <laughs> Jerry Maguire against sleepless in Seattle. A lot of good matchups there. That's going to be interesting. Uh, for the Tony Scott division, Independence Day will face off against Goldeneye. That's going to be very fun to talk about. Um, Armageddon will face off against Deep Impact. <laughs> oh shit! I if I if I had realized oh, that rematch. when I was hemming and hawing between a Deep Impact and The Rock, it wouldn't have match. Well, The Rock would have been funny because The Rock is like a meteor, and that's also what yeah, facing off sure. again. Um, but boy, a rematch of the the ninth summer of ninety eight asteroid films. Good lord, Air Force One will face off against Face Off. Um, that'll the same summer oh, those came out, same summer. And finally, Speed will take on Twister. Both things involving speed. And then finally, the Miyazaki division. The Lion King will face the Prince of Egypt. That's for the King and the Prince. There's the connection yeah. there. Uh, Aladdin will take on Pocahontas. Uh, I think we'll know who wins that. Beauty and the Beast will face off against Stuart Little. Sorry, Stuart Little. And uh, a very interesting one: Tarzan against uh, Bugs Life. Yeah, that one I think I agree is going to be uh, probably the most interesting conversation of that bunch. 
we have our contenders. We have all of our matchups. Uh, next week, we are doing the first, what are we doing? The first half yeah. of the round of 64. Um, yep. So those will be all the ones that we picked last week. Uh, they'll be facing off against each other uh, this week. Before we move on, a quick word from our sponsor. This edition of Multiplex Madness Forever is brought to you by Shrek Forever After. It's time to play everybody's latest favorite game. Did it, it make, make more, more or, or less, less than, than Shrek Forever After's Shrek opening Forever weekend? After's opening weekend. <laughs> we all okay. know how to play. <laughs> I'll name a movie. You tell me whether its total gross was more or less than Shrek Forever After's opening weekend. Well, I know Shrek opened to... 42, I want to say. I know Shrek 2 opened to 108, unless you count the four or five day. And I know Shrek the third opened to 121. What the fourth one opened to, I have I don't really know, so this will be interesting. That's that's for the best. For a bonus point, mm. pay close attention here because this has also gotten trickier. For a bonus point, you can choose to either name the movie's director. Mm-hmm. Or an unspecified number of cast members chosen by me. Each movie's number is different. It's what I think is challenging but reasonable. We should we should make a version of the chase, but it's like me and this. Sure. But it's only the chase part. Yeah. Because that's the interesting part of that's the That's the best part, yeah. But it's we'd the need a, it's we'd the, need a you, third party. You have this when we have a guest on, we should do that. You have this many uh you have a minute to whatever it could be like what year the movie came out and you could do because that might be just easier to throw off the top of your head but uh what year this came out in, and then they get as many right and then i go and i try to beat their score and if i get it wrong they can bump themselves back one you know that kind of thing sure I'm so she in the meantime something. are you ready to play yeah our first film is tower heist Tower heist. <laughs> okay, wait. So if I get it wrong, do I not get to do the bonus? No, you still get to go for the bonus. Oh, thank God. Okay, I'm going to say how Tower Heist made less. Tower Heist made more than Shrek Forever After's <laughs> opening weekend. Okay. Now, would you like to name Tower Heist director or name an unspecified number of cast members? Well, I know the director, but I do... well. I'm pretty sure I know the director, but I want to see how many actors you throw at me. So I'm going to say, how many actors do you want to give me before I make my choice? All right. No, you have to make the choice first. All right. I'll say director, but then I want to do the other one. Okay, fine. Do I get two bonus points if I can do both? <laughs> you do not. Why? It's I already got fun. the thing wrong. Let me make it it's up. A cho- it's a choice. It's a maximum of six points. The bonus point, not just a point. Okay, uh, Brett Ratner. Correct. Yeah. Okay, how many actors do I have to guess? Uh, for Tower Heist, uh, I would like five cast members. I don't know if I can do that. Uh, oh, maybe I can. Maybe I can. Okay, uh, Ben Stiller. Yes. Michael Pena. Yes. Do I get, like, if I get one wrong, do I get bumped or do I, can I keep guessing until I get I... I, I for now let's say if you get one wrong you get bumped. Oh, so if I okay, fine. Um Eddie Murphy. So I'm just, I'm, 
Yes, correct. Gabrae, I'm, try, I'm trying to keep the. Uh, Gab, let me finish. Gabrae Sidibe. Yeah. Correct. That's four. Oh, motherfucker. I'm not sure. I'm going to take a swing, although it could be wrong. Casey Affleck? Correct. That's five. Yes. Who else is in them? Uh, other recognizable names are Alan Alda, Matthew Broderick, and Taya Leone. Matthew Broderick was the other. Like, um, okay. Gotcha. Very well done. One point for Thank Tower you. Heist. Your next film. Should be two. Mm-hmm. Oblivion. Okay. I'm going to say Oblivion made more. Correct. Oblivion did make more. Yeah, so I'm thinking, I'm thinking Shrek's weekend. in the 70 range. Oblivion, I know, made over 80. Okay. Uh, well, there's not a lot of people in Oblivion. So I don't know how many people. It might be there. a smaller number. <laughs> it would have to be. I don't think there are five people in Oblivion. Oh, what is this motherfucker's name? Uh, I God. Hold on. He directed the firefighter movie. He directed Tron. Oh, I got it. I'll do director. Ooh, I'm going to get... If I get his last name close, can I get the point? Yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, that'll be up to the it's judge's like discretion. It's like Kosinski or something. And the first it, name... I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to stop you. It is Kosinski. Oh, it's just straight Kosinski. <laughs> yeah. Is the first name John? Joseph. Joseph. Okay, gotcha. But I got the last name. So that is uh, very well. How done many there. people would you have given me? Uh, Oblivion would have been three. Would Olga, have three Olga, cast members. Olga, last name. Insert here. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Is that not? It's a hard name. She was in Quantum of Solace. Do I get a point for that? <laughs> you can't just keep adding points. This again is just. No, but would that have counted? Because she's a hard last name. Maybe. Okay. I, I, I would have Doctors, wanted an attempt. And is it, Ro- is it Rosman Pike? Is she in that? No, she is Who, not. Who's, who's the blonde who's like his wife or whatever, or in the computer? Uh, it is probably Andrea Riceborough. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, you also could have gone for Morgan Freeman. Oh, uh, God. I forgot entirely. Nicolaj Costa-Waldo or Melissa Leo? Melissa Leo. Okay, well, glad I so, that. I found I yeah, Kozinski. That is, uh, two points for Oblivion. And finally, forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> Didn't open to very much. Oh, oh, is, no, this is this total. is made total. You're right, right, right. Still, that made less. That is less. Yeah. Though I think not as less as you think. Okay, so then Shrek forever made 60-something. Uh... Oh, I I know all these people. I'm going to do... I know the director, but I am going to do... I think it'll be more fun to do the cast. Is it... it, So, saying that, I'll do cast. Is it Stoller? Right. It is. Yeah. Uh, I would like seven cast members from Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Nick Stoller is terrific. Okay. Jack McBrayer. Sure. Yes. (laughs) Bill Hader. Uh-huh. Uh I can't think of the small redhead's name. Alright, so then Russell Brand. Uh yes. ooh, uh Billy Baldwin? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'll, I'll I'll save that if I need it. Um Okay. Uh it's a Baldwin though. Um uh Kristen Bell, Mila Kunis. 
Jason Siegel. How many That's is that? six. That's Five. six. I need one more. Yes. Oh, uh, Jonah Hill. Correct. Whew. Okay, is... what in, is it? Is it Billy or is it Adam? No, oh, it is Billy Baldwin. Okay. Uh, also, uh, would have accepted Paul Rudd. Did I not say Paul Rudd? You did not. You went yeah. straight to Jack McBrayer. No, I, I knew I was going to say McBrayer because Jesus. he was like the first one. I was like, if I can think of the smaller players, let me say them first. Uh-huh. But I could have sworn that I had also said Paul Rudd. Okay, fine. Great. No, I, wasn't, I, thought I wasn't, I wasn't even. I wasn't even counting McBrayer <laughs> in, my, in my numbers. Who's the Who's the redhead? Who's McBrayer's wife? What's her name? She's in. The I, she's in is accepted. it? Is it Liz Kakowski? No, Liz Kakowski is married to one of the Lonely Island gentlemen. I think. Okay. No, who else? I, I'll recognize her name. Oh no, it's not. Liz Kikowski plays Liz because I think that's Bill Hader's wife. And that is, I think he says like, hey, Liz. All right, go ahead. Okay. What's her name? Um, yeah, she does play Liz. Uh, Maria Thayer? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. You, you Also, you apparently, uh, You've seen June Diane stuff. Raphael's there. Is who? What's her name in that? She plays Anne at the bar. Oh, okay, so, so she... Not she, a big part. No, she must be before... Oh, I could have said Carla Gallo. She's in it. For a second. Sure. June Diane Riva must have been someone he hits on then. Oh, she's the you want to come home. Is she? Yeah, she's one of the girls. She She's the one who finds him very funny. Okay. She's like, he's making me laugh. And the girl's like, really? <laughs> and he's like, you want to come home? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's June Diane. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So, so even in our, uh, in our updated, complicated game, uh, five points. Well done. Terrific. Out of how many possible? Six. Oh, wow. You get, you get one point for more or less and one bonus point of your choosing. Yeah, I should have gotten six out of six. Just, okay. Despite your attempts to <laughs> add extra points. Oh, I should have gotten that. And we're back. Come and gone from a theater near you. Brian, are you ready to go back in time? Yeah. All right. We're doing 2016 this week. There is one film that I would ask you to remember. It's not and one Pe- that I recognize, but I will not try to get you to guess. It's not Peabody and Mr. Sherman. Correct. Okay. This is week 11, March 11th through 13th of 2016. All right. 2016 is when Alice in Wonderland is coming out in May. Uh, so I don't know why it's the first one I think of. Um, is that Batman v Superman? It's not. I also think it is fair uh, before you make your official guess to let you know that this movie did not open at number one. Oh my! This was a number two opener. What was number one that weekend? Or will that give the away se- the sec the second week of Zootopia? It's not Batman v Superman. Correct. That did open in 2016, though. It must have been a little later. Uh, Again, I'm not giving you extra points. Civil War opened in May. <laughs> Probably didn't fall behind the second Shit. weekend of Zootopia. I have this image in my yeah move. It's not the 300 sequel. I don't think. I need, I, I need a hint. Okay, uh, this is a sequel. I. Uh, 
though it is not a sequel to 300. Uh, it's not a direct sequel either. What? Did we see it? Yes. We like it. Yes, it's quite good. It's quite good. It is. Do I Possibly own it? Possibly better than the first movie. Do I own it? I don't think so. Is it the Raid 2? No, it is not. Okay. I own the Raid 2016, right? Yes. I cannot be clear enough. It is not the Raid 2. That's fine. Hold on. Just look. Just looking 2000... at your TVTs over there. Yeah, yeah, I am. Actually. Oh, okay. Get Out was 2017. All right, so we're going back. That is correct. I can't. Uh, it's a very dark one. I, oh, that's Train to Busan. No, that's not bad. Pretty confident you don't own it. Okay, fine. Uh, we I don't own it, but we liked it. We like it better than the first one anymore. Maybe. I uh, we saw it in theaters. Right. Yes, we saw it in theaters. I. Hmm. Uh, it uh, has a third, again, not direct sequel, but sort of titular sequel. I don't really know how to put it. It's a weird series. So is it still going on or is it done now? <laughs> Unclear. So it made, so this one made money. I they made a third out. one. Yeah, the third one's on Netflix. Okay, third one didn't come out in theaters. Okay. Is the third one on Netflix in the sense that Netflix just bought it or did Netflix like make a third one? I don't really know. They probably okay. just bought it. It was it was it was a few years ago. The third one, not good. Did we see the third one? Yes. What are you talking about? We've seen three of these movies? Yes. The uh the first film uh was quite the uh viral success. <laughs> why was uh, it hang on why was it viral uh because of uh its mysterious origins oh i got it okay great i don't own it we own the first one on so. dvd somewhere a, that sounds in, right yeah it's in the box 10 cloverfield lane indeed yeah the third one famously netflix uh paramount sold the shit out of it because they were like oh no this is garbage and it gotta, was got to get this out of here. And then they sold it. And then that was the one where we were at your dad's house watching the Super Bowl, and they had the big trailer. And they were like, "It's available at midnight." And we were all like, "What?" Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we watched. And it was it all down. We watched it a few days later. I think um, that opened to that, that did make money. I'm gonna say that opened to a solid twenty five. Uh, incredibly good, twenty four point seven. Yeah, that did make money. Yeah, ended up at like seventy. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, this mo- this weekend also making, saw. The- did, did you hear the announcement? They're making like a du- like a direct sequel. I think to, to the Tank first- Overfield Lane. No, to the first one. Oh no, I did not. I'm gonna see what these. Uh, Go ahead. What were you saying? While while you're looking, I just want to say this weekend also saw the release of the Brothers Grimsby. Oh boy, Sasha which, Oscar which nominated. O- yeah, which opened in eighth place with three point two million dollars. He comes out of an elephant's vagina in that. Outstanding. January twenty ninth, twenty twenty one. New Cloverfield movie coming from JJ won't be found footage. Okay. Uh, Neat. I like Cloverfield. Hollywood Reporter broke the news. So yeah, there you go. They are doing another one. 
Uh, is that it? Yeah, that was it. We also uh, two movies I've never heard of called The Perfect Match and Young Messiah. Both did better than the Brothers Grimsby. Perfect Match. Who's in that? Uh, it's released by Lionsgate. Young Messiah sounds like one of those uh, we're chasing the church crowd when that was a big thing. Uh, perfect match. Well, of course, Box Office Mojo doesn't tell me, so I don't know. Okay. That's fine. Um, all right, here we go. I woke up bright and early before I had to. Uh, turned on my Apple TV, laid in bed, and flipped over to the Oscars YouTube channel where I saw uh, Priyanka uh, Chopra Jonas. Nick Jonas uh, announced the Academy Award nominations. Those uh, those two people, very pretty, very well dressed. They are. They uh, they're I liked married. his yellow suit. Yes, they're married to each too. other. I was groggy and I pointed at it and I said, "Sir, the jacket's a lot." Half a. Am I uh, am I correct that it was a little a little bit later in the day than normal? I feel like I remember having to wake up at like 6 a.m. for this before. <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was still 5 a.m. in L.A. Sure. So I don't. So I guess it couldn't have ever been done at like 4 a.m. in L.A. That's probably. I, I must just, I must just be remembering misremembering at a certain point. The early hours of the morning all kind of blend together. Did you? I'm going to see if I can find uh, one of our old pictures of when I took a picture. Like, we woke up early for you. Sure. Um, did you wake up as well, Noah? Uh, I did not watch this live because I had a, a a long weekend at work, and then I've got a six day week coming up. So I chose to sleep in when I could, but I watched it first thing upon waking up around ten. Mm-hmm. Oh, you watched it? You didn't like just read the list? Yeah, well, I watched the whole thing. I thought they did a pretty good job. You know what I yeah. don't? You know what I don't care for is that like forced. I'm like this is so ex- like when they read like the best sound. I'm like this is exciting. Like you guys yeah. don't think it's exciting? Just please read me the names. I, and, like, I found I found it strange that it was. Uh, and I'm sorry. Was it Nick Jonas? Is he the Jonas? Which Jonas is that? You are breaking up. What? Nick Jonas. Yes, I've lost you. It was Nick Jonas? Yes, it's it's Nick. Wonderful. Uh, he told one joke? Yes, Nick. Uh, it, was all, it was all just straight readings, like, and here are the nominees for this. But then they get to, like, I forget, oh, it was makeup and hairstyling or makeup and costuming. And he's okay. like, as you all know, I'm well known for my makeup and costuming. Right. Uh, I remember that. And then the rest of it again like went back to not being jokes. I'm like, why is one of them a joke? It was very strange. So I found the photo, but it is not telling you what time it was taken, which I think is a flaw in the system. Um but it's possible it was earlier. Alright, so let's get into it. Big year. Uh obviously the deadline was extended as we are now. In March, most years the Oscars have happened. Certainly for the past couple decades, the Oscars have already happened at this point. Indeed. But they pushed it back, hoping things would be back to normal, and uh, they got pretty close, turns out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, when the the ceremony's on April 25th, it should be, hopefully, knock on wood, better, you know, by then. But um, they, they pushed it back. They also gave 
it also gives studios more time to release things, find ways that they prefer to do it. Um, we'll go into whether that's actually whether people will actually watch this year's Oscars because uh, the biggest box office grocer of the bunch is at five million dollars, and like three of them don't have any numbers reported for any box office numbers. So no one has seen these movies, certainly not in the way that people have seen Bohemian Rhapsody or Titanic or Joker and shit like that. So that's going to be very uh, tricky um, to get people to watch. But uh, a very diverse group in some regards, diverse in the sense of the amount of movies. We had uh, um, one movie, obviously Mank, with the... uh, So basically... It was the usual cutoff is uh, December thirty first. It's one year to one year, and uh, this year it, the cutoff was February twenty eighth. So they gave an extra two months for movies to be eligible. You look confused. No, I, I'm not. Go okay. on. Uh, Mank led all nominations with ten, which seems to be. Uh, I was thinking about make Mank getting the most nominations, and that seems to be like almost like a fluke. Like, 10 nominations is a high total, but I don't think anybody's talking about Mank or will be talking about Mank in the years to come at all. I don't know. I mean, I think it's a... Like, I think it's it's one of those movies that's just, like, pretty good at a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it gets to... It gets to fight it out with the trial of the Chicago seven to be the movie that people hate the most this year. Uh, which, so, you know, it's, it's better than trial of Chicago seven, but it got more nominations. So which, which one will draw Twitter's ire the most? You think, you think it's better than the trial of Chicago seven? Yeah. I have make lower a few, I make a few notches lower on my list than trial of Chicago seven. Okay. Um, but Mank leads with 10. And then what's interesting this year is we have one, two, three, four, five, six movies that all have six nominations. And then two more movies that have at least five. So we, there's a there's a huge spreading around of nominees. It's a small, seems like a smaller pool of movies. We have so many nominees reaching in different categories, um, which is very interesting and might be, have to do with the fact that we just had less relatively less movies than we normally do uh and then total one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen seventeen eighteen nineteen twenty movies with at least two nominations uh and that seems like a lot so let's go through these nominees uh i'll break down some interesting records that have been uh, called by people who get paid to do that so uh, they, they got to do the research for me. Um, best visual effects. The nominees are Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenant. I haven't seen two of these, but what a disappointing pocket of films. And I think it largely is because so many blockbusters got pushed. Yeah, that's... Uh... I mean, even even in terms in terms of the Oscars, the visual effects category, I feel like is always one that's just like this is this isn't what we're talking about for the rest of the night. I, uh, but it is like I've, I don't know, I like Tenet a lot, especially in terms of its visual effects. I mean, out of these so far, I haven't seen Love and Monsters in the One and Only Ivan, but so far Tenet does 
get my vote by default, but like, you know, last year, 1917, the year before that first man won, we've had, uh, movies like, uh, uh, deep water horizon be nominated, uh, the revenant, just interesting choices for ex machina won the year it was nominated. interesting yeah. choices for this category. Uh, and instead we get, uh, you know, I hear love and monsters is pretty good, but like Mulan, <laughs> I don't remember anything about the visual effects and anything about the visual effects. I, Mulan. There was that one scene where that woman turned into that bird. Okay, sure, that's she true. Was like Milan's mother. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that's true. But uh, it's like spiritually, it is. Come on, she's like the mentor. Sure. Um, what's interesting is uh, when they were, again half asleep, or when they were reading these, the last name of the gentleman nominated. Uh, the, the last name for the gentleman nominated for Love and Monsters is Brian Cox. And I went, oh, he's he's a visual effects guy, too. Just to yeah. myself alone in my room. Um, best film editing. Uh, the Father. Uh, editing not by Yurgos Lanthimos, as I almost saw it on the screen. But Yurgos sure. Lamprinos, which is very His close. His brother. Uh, no Bad Land, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Sound of Metal is a great nomination there. Uh, and Chloe Zhao, one of her four nominations of the night. She did her own editing for, yeah, uh, she really did. She really did everything for that movie. She did. She couldn't have shot it too. Come on. Uh, best sound. This is the first year in a while. I think this used to be the case, but the first year in a while where sound editing and sound mixing are combined into one category, something that is long overdue at these awards. Uh, Greyhound, Mank, News of the World, Soul, and Sound of Metal. Again, terrific. Sound of Metal, uh, not. It should win that category. Greyhound, uh, people were expecting, but that's also very well done. I don't remember any of the sound in Mank. I guess I could hear everybody, and there was music playing, and none of it got jarbled together, but okay. Um, and then I'm always for a Pixar or an animated getting uh, nods like this. I also think animated films should be in the running for production design because those those were storyboarded and designed by production crews. Sure. Um same thing Surprised with this. to hear news of the world is like a sound heavy feature. Uh, yeah. He screams the news at people. I guess that's very, very well done in that movie. Um, I also think uh, visual effects should also be considered for animated films. Cause that's just what they do. It's their whole movie. Original song. I listened to all these today. Uh, so I can, oh, yeah. I can make my ranking fight for you from Judas and the black Messiah. Her gets a nomination. Very uh, well-deserved love, love her. Hear my voice from the Trials of Chicago Seven. I he I've heard of Daniel uh, Pemberton, so there's that. Celeste is the singer who sings it. Uh, uh, Husevic from Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. Uh, I hope they get. Uh, I know she doesn't sing on it, but I do. Uh, Will Ferrell does sing on the song, and I hope that they do get him and Rachel to sing it because it is a very good song. Uh, very very Frozen like, but it has a build that I really connect to. It's a lot of fun. Uh, uh, EOC. I think it's EO. It's IO in Italian. I don't know. Uh, which I think apparently means scene from the life ahead. Uh, Diane Warren. This is her uh, 13th or 12th Oscar nomination. No, she's never won before. Yeah. So this uh, certainly yeah. could be it. She won the globe. Although the globe and song isn't really precursor to the Oscar, but um, I'd listen to it. And then I read the lyrics. It's a very basic song, but I mean, this is the, she, she, first of all, how do I live from Con Air? I mean, come on. 
Uh, we talked about Conair earlier. I don't recall the song. How do I live without you? I want to know. You know the song? How do I? And then it goes. Da, 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 da. How do I? Oh, how do I? Li- this is ringing no bells for you? No, I don't think so. It is an insane song to be in Conair. Yeah, it sounds like it. When you watch the music video, it's this really romantic song, and then it's just like him like punching people on a plane and the plane yeah. landing. It's crazy. Uh, I don't want to miss a thing from Armageddon. No, if she didn't win. That one's good. Uh, but anyway, those, those are just two big ones back to back that uh, I thought should have gotten some attention. But she's never won. This could be her year. Who's to say? The thing about the song titles now is that mm. they're all the same and they're all bad. Like, I'm kind of rooting for Husevik here. Yeah, which I think means my homeland or homeland. Just And just because I'm so I'm so done with fight for you, speak, speak now, now, hear my voice, stand. Yeah, it's a lot of... Uh, it's, it is. It's a lot of protest songs and social injustice songs, and they all yeah. start to bleed together. Speak Now is from One Night in Miami, Leslie Odom Jr. He's a double nominee this year, um, similar to Mary J. Blige. Um, for Mudbound, she got nominated for song, and uh, um, uh, Cynthia Revo last year, Harriet Tubman, she got nominated for yeah. actress and song. Uh, that's a fine song, but um, uh, my vote right now is for Fight for You, followed I think by uh, Husivik, because uh, while I do like Speak Now, I think that uh, Fight for You is more prevalent to its film, whereas Speak Now has some more. Like that movie isn't about speaking now, you know what I right. mean? Yes. Um, <laughs> Whereas it's actually, it's actually quite literally about the, the past and a night that we never heard about. Um, original score, uh, Defy Bloods by uh, Terrence Blanchard. Terrific nomination. Mank, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, Minari, Emile Mosseri, Mossery, News of the World, James Newton Howard, and Soul, Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, and John Baptiste. I don't know if this is the first time two uh, artists have been nominated for twice in the same category, uh, for score anyway, but that's interesting that uh, both uh, Reznor and Ross are nominated for two different movies. Uh, I'm listening through all of these. I've decided I'm not going to listen to the ones that I haven't seen the movie before I watch the movie. Okay. Um, Just because that way the music feels fresh when I watch it, then I'll go back. But I listen to Defy Bloods and I'm almost done with Mank. It's a fucking hour and a half uh, score. But uh, I think Mank currently has my vote over Defy Bloods. But I really like that Defy Bloods nomination, that citation. It's the only nomination that fucking movie got. And uh, uh, it's a good one. I'll have to go back and listen to that one. It's been a while. But Mank and Soul were uh, were both very good. Uh, best makeup and hairstyling: Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, and Pinocchio. So uh, Pinocchio is nominated here in costume design. It's a remake. It stars Roberto Benigni. I don't know much about it other than that. I heard I've heard about it for a few months. Whatever. Um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, I believe, is the first time in all Black crew is nominated for this award. Oh, which that's is nice. which is very exciting, and I believe they get my nomination, my win for right now. I don't know how I ranked those, but boy, did everybody look really sweaty and uncomfortable in that movie. They certainly did. Um, so I think they did a very good job. Costume design: Emma, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Mank, Mulan, and Pinocchio. See, now this is a Mulan nomination that I kind of get. Yeah, sure. 
but set in the past. They don't wear it's those very clothes colorful. anymore. It's very colorful. You remember all the colors and stuff in Mulan? I can't say that I do. I okay. feel like it was pretty gray. What? I'm like beige. You're this parts of it were it filled with color. Um, but they did fight in the desert a lot. Best cinematography: Judas and the Black Messiah. Sean Bobbitt, Mank, Eric. Oh, I shouldn't have started these names. Uh, Eric Messerschmidt, News of the World. Darius Wolski, Nomad Land. Joshua James Richards in the Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh, you know what? I was really getting through all those, and then uh, uh, feeding Papa Michael. Feeding Papa Michael. Um, the Judas and the Black Messiah I, is an interesting nomination. Uh, while none of it stood, it, it stood out to me at the very beginning. There was something about the the track right after the opening where we're tracking Lakeith Stanfield to the car he's going to steal. There's something about the way that that coat hangs down into frame and the way the camera is moving. I was like, oh, that's a very cool shot. And everything else about it, nothing really stood out to me. But I'm I'm, I'm all for Sean Bobbitt. Uh, being nominated. Let me see what else he's doing. I, definitely I was a, I was thinking that more about Chicago seven, Chicago seven. I have no recollection. Like I, I'm of any of that. I, I, I think it's, this is, this is definitely the movie that I'm more fond of than consensus. Uh, but like, it wasn't like that good looking. It was in a bunch of rooms and just shots of people talking at each other. That's why I know Sean Bobbitt did 12 years of slave and widows. That's why I know his name. Okay. And, uh, uh, nomad land. I haven't seen dudes. The world nomad land should win hands down. Uh, production design, the father, Ma Rainey's black bottom mank news of the world and tenant. Um, so there's that, uh, that's the only one where I really feel like mank almost deserve, you know, could deserve a win there. No, actually in score as well, as I stated. But the production sure. design on Mank is really, really good. Uh, animated short film, Burrow, Genius Lochi, If Anything Happens, I Love You, Opera, and Yes People. Live action short film, Feeling Through, The Letter Room, The Present, Two Distant Strangers, and White Eye. Best documentary short subject, Colette, A, cons- a, con- a Concerto is a Conversation, Do Not Split, Hunger Ward, and A Love Song for Latasha. Documentary feature, Collective, Crip Camp, The Mole Agent, My Octopus Teacher, and Time. My Octopus Teacher can be a documentary because so, not such a thing doesn't exist. That's an animated film, I think. Um, so this is uh, one of the categories that stood out to me the most, even as someone who has not seen uh, as many of these movies yet as I usually would have. Where's Boy State? Boy State, Dick Johnson is dead. I agree. Boy State yeah. should have been there. Like, Crip Boy Camp, State I, like, had a moment. Yes, it did. And just like documentaries don't have, like none of these movies had a moment in the car. I'm sure, I'm sure they're all quite good. Well, uh, right well, sure. I've heard, uh, I've heard Crip Camp and Time are both quite good. The uh, three I haven't heard of. I just don't want to. Time is the year in the life, right? Or no, no. Sorry. That's the year in the life. Oh, Time is about, um, yeah, yeah, it's on uh, Prime. Um, Crip Camp is, I think, the uh, recent Obama's acquisition documentary on Netflix, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. It is on Netflix. I know that much. Let me see if their production company's on here. Yeah, Higher Ground Productions. That's that's them, I believe. Yeah. But I'm uh, saying, like, documentaries don't break through into the discussion very often. Right, and except for that one when, year. Sure. Uh, but, like, when one does, and it's really good to boot, 
one of the one of the best movies I saw from last year so far. Uh, what what are we doing here? Where is it? Yeah, Boy State was in my picture lineup and director lineup for a while. Uh, it's not anymore, but it is very good. Collective is a double nominee, similar to yeah. what's the other one that did that? Uh, oh, Honeyland, which was absolutely fantastic. So hopefully this is as good. Sure. But um, moving into international feature film, the Collective nominated Doc and international feature. It's from Romania. Another round from Denmark. Better days in Hong Kong. That's not the title. It's from Hong Kong. Uh, the man who sold his skin, which seems like a bad idea. And uh, Quo Vadis Aida. What if uh, the man who sold his skin is just like a just a horror movie? Well, let's click on it and see. Just like it's if it's just as promising as that sounds, the kind of thing that the Oscars would never nominate in a million years. It unless is it's Tunisian. Not, but it does involve selling his skin. I'm uh, sure it does. He like draws on it or something. Yeah. Uh, animated feature onward over the moon, a Shaun the sheep movie, Farmageddon soul and wolf walkers. So I've heard of on the moon. I think is Netflix. Wolf walkers supposed to be great. I think that's on Apple. It is. Um, that I hear is terrific. And it's from and, the same people that did like the secret of Kells and song of the sea. Oh, so you must be excited. Uh, I am. Uh, the both Pixar's got on the list, and uh, I can't tell you how thrilled I am that there's just a Sean the Sheep movie. I don't remember anything about the other one, but it just seems like a, just a delightful way to spend an hour and twenty minutes. If I have I to. remember enjoying it quite a bit. It's on Netflix. Yes, I do know that's on Netflix. Um, missing out here. I don't know. Trolls. I have no idea. Uh, adapted screenplay. Okay, so uh borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to american regime for make benefit once glorious nation of kazakhstan the uh the highlights on my list i said screenplay by sasha baron cohen and company because there's a thousand people it's actually the most people ever nominated for this award yeah that was a that was the highlight of the live uh, the live reading yeah she had to read all that why i'm glad i watched the video yeah she sure had to read all she that. She well. had to read that whole name a few times too, the Borat name. Yeah. Um, the Father uh, by Chris Hampton and Florian Zeller based on his play. Nomadland, uh, Chloe Zhao. One Night in Miami, Kemp Powers, who even though he is a director of Soul, he's a co-director and those are not eligible for Oscars. So Soul will probably win animated but because he co-directed it and did not just direct it he will not get one so maybe he gets one here and uh the white tiger by uh ramen berani so i've seen all of these except for the father i'm hoping to see that soon uh right now it's going to nomad land uh original screenplay judas and the black messiah screenplay by will burson and shaka king and if this is leads me to believe that uh the lucas brothers uh are nominated for an oscar which is very cool yeah, they're, they're they're comedians that I really like. Uh, Minari, Lucas Isaac, Lee Isaac Chung, and uh, Promise Young Woman, Emerald Fennel, Sound of Metal by Darius Martyr and Abraham Martyr, and also Derek Sian uh, France did the story, so he's also nominated. And The Trial of Chicago Seven by Aaron Sorkin. I think right now I have Metal as my winner there, but I haven't seen Minari or Promising Young Woman. Um, best supporting actress Maria Bakalova, Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prejudice is the last time I have to say it. Prodigious bribe to American regime for make benefit warrants glorious nation of Kazakhstan. Glenn Close, 
Hillbilly Elegy, Olivia Coleman, the father, Amanda Seyfried, Mank, and Yoon Yujung Minari. I think I did pretty well. It's my first time saying her name. Um, yeah. I'm so happy for Maria Bakalova. I mean, what like a star-making performance. One of those things where it came out, everyone's like, well, she should be nominated, and now she is. That's how this yeah. should work. It's a comedy yeah. film. She gives a comedic performance. We all watch it. We go, she's outstanding. Why doesn't she get nominated for an Oscar? And then she just does. That's how this yeah. whole thing should work. Not so, like the other way, which we'll talk about in a second. Very excited for her. We get a rematch, Noah, of Glenn Close and Olivia Coleman fighting for an Oscar together. Yeah. But this time uh, for Hillbilly Elegy and The Father. Um, I mean, Glenn Close, certainly. It's uh, Who knows who will win that? We'll see what happens with SAG, but it, Glenn Close could certainly win. She's also nominated for Razzie this year. Now that she's nominated for an Oscar, they're definitely going to give it to her just because they're hoping. Razzies are bullshit, by the way. They're not. Fun. I mean, it's yeah. Razzies are garbage. But I don't. I don't. I don't think the Razzies are like. I don't. I don't think they're prevalent enough to like even consider anymore. Like no, I, I, I remember, I'm not considering it as like a reason why she won't win. I'm just saying they'll give it to her in case she does win. So it's like a fun thing that she got them both. That's all. Uh, Amanda Seyfried, first Oscar nomination. That's a lot of fun. Good for her. Yeah, well-deserved. Incredibly mm-hmm. good in that movie. Uh, best Supporting Actor, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, The Trial of the Chicago 7, Daniel Kaluuya, Judas and the Black Messiah, Leslie Odom Jr., One Night in Miami, Paul Racy, Sound of Metal, and the Key Stanfield, Judas and the Black Messiah. Before we get into the big news, Paul Racy, who is like a guy who's been in tiny things for 30 years, and got that role partially because he can, uh, he knows American Sign Language, crushes it out of the park in that movie. Oscar nomination, what a feel good story there. And more people should be talking about it. He's absolutely fantastic in that. Um, what a fun nomination that is. And the Keith Stanfield um, in. Uh, 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 all right, let's talk about it. So happy for Lakeith. We've been big fans of him since Short Term 12 which was 12 years ago. No, 2012. So it was nine years ago, I think. Short term. Yeah. Um, we've been big fans of him. This should be his second nomination. He should have gotten nominated for Short Term 12, but this is great. So now <coughs> we get into the conversation of category fraud. Well, it's... On, a- uh, on the For Your Consideration website, Warner yeah. Brothers has him listed as For Your Consideration for Lead Actor. Yeah. Uh, Clayton Davis has a very interesting article that he posted tonight about kind of the math that could have led to Lakeith getting nominated. It's very interesting. I suggest you read it, uh, Noah and everybody listening. It's very, it's very interesting about why this might have happened, but let's talk about it. Um, I, go ahead. I, I, th- I think what happened here, aside from the fact that just the Academy correctly recognized that there is in fact no star of Judas and the black Messiah. It's a bunch of people supporting each other, but no, I'm kidding. Of course. I, I, I realized as I was saying that, that that was sounding a little too like an actual thing instead of me being silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I cut it short. I, but it's tough. Cause like in, in a sense, Daniel Kaluuya is the lead of that movie because he, you come away from it being like that that's the fucking guy holy shit what a performance he's the black messiah but like in a more technical sense like he stanfield is the lead the movie is more focused on him it's uh, his story yeah he's he's far he's farther up front 
in the title. So it's like one of them is one of them is the technical lead and the spiritual supporting, and one of them is sort of the the spiritual lead and the technical supporting. And so they just kind of both ended up as the supporting. Which is super weird. But like I I get I, I get how it could end up that way. You know, this whole category fraud thing, as long as the person's nominated, fine. And I'll, you know, there's a case to be made that Chadwick Boseman is supporting in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. There's a case to be, and a more truer case is Viola Davis is a supporting actress in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, not in Best Actress. So there's that. I mean, it, there's a. I suppose. Whole, Viola Davis is a thousand percent supporting. The movie is not about her. It is about her bandmates, and she that's comes a, in and that's is a, tornado. a really high percent. She she comes in. She's a tornado in that movie. It's about them. She comes uh-huh. in and messes their life up, and then leaves, and then we're left with them. That that movie is not about her. I I I, th- I think I think there's a case there, but it's nowhere near as cut and dry. I was more just about there is there is no case that Chadwick Boseman is supporting in that movie. Well, the, that, the case that he's supporting in that movie is that he's not first billed and the movie's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. That's the case. In which case, she is the lead. It's about her Black Bottom and her band and her song. And uh-huh. they're there to support her. Those things can't both be true, though. No, but they can't both two... have a case. Yeah, they can. People have different opinions. I personally think Viola's supporting... And the people who voted for this think that she's lead. That means that they see it that one way I described, and I see it the other way that I described. Yeah, I'm just i i i am looking at this more from a the convictions I have versus the convictions that like might exist. And like i i don't I don't see how you could look at that movie and see Bozeman as supporting. I think it's just it's clearly about him. I'm just saying when the movie came out, there was talk that he'd be run supporting and that would be because he has a case to be. Yeah, um, I, 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 I know that there was talk, but I think all of those people were wrong is what is where I'm, what I'm getting at. Okay. My point is there's category fraud all over this year's Oscars. Leslie Odom Jr. Is he a supporting in, in one night in Miami? It's about all four of them. Or are they all lead? Or are they all supporting each other? Viola Davis, in my opinion, is entirely a supporting actress in that movie. Um, and she shouldn't be in lead actress. I'm glad she is. I'm glad she's nominated at all. It's a great performance. Give her a nomination. But the, so the, the, the Key Sanfield thing, I'm glad that people on Twitter are like, it's category fraud, but who cares? It's great that he's nominated because that's how it should be. It, there's, there's another year where he gets nominated. People are like, oh, that's bullshit. He's taking a spot of somebody else. And I'm I, glad that that's not happening for Lakeith because he does. I also it. think it's it's interesting to think like you said, you said they campaigned him as lead. And they, they, they did on the floor as supporting. Right. Correct. So, like, to to me, it's like it doesn't count as category fraud because they they weren't. It just it just it happened. It might it might well, not be it's, correct. It's category fraud that he's there is sure that I, the academy chose to put him in there. Is yeah, better. that's that, that's all. I, I I always think of the fraud more as like people trying to game the system. Okay, and like we 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 know this guy isn't the lead. But he's Anthony Hopkins, so we campaigned him as lead because he's the famous part of the movie. Uh, but like, if if the if the Academy just like does it, then I don't know. It's like I I get it, but it seems like it feels like a different thing to me. Category fraud seems like a more like active deceit. 
Sacha Baron Cohen gets his second, uh, no, third nomination, first acting. He was nominated for writing Borat 1 and Borat 2. Uh, Glenn Close gets her 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th nomination for an Oscar. She has never won before. Olivia Coleman is on 2. Dana Kaluuya is on 2, should be 3. And uh, Lakeith's on uh, one, should be two. Best Actress, Viola Davis, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Andrew Day, The United States vs. Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promise a Young Woman. Uh, Vanessa Kirby, her first nomination, and uh, a Crown um, I don't know, participant. The Crown's all over this. Uh, Olivia Coleman currently plays the Queen, uh, Emerald Fennell, the writer, director, producer of Promising a Woman, plays Camilla Parker Bowles in season three of The Crown. Really? Uh-huh. And uh, and Vanessa Kirby played uh, uh, Margaret in the first two seasons, so they're all over the place. Uh, Andrew Day, I mean, showing so much out-of-nowhere momentum for the United States of Billie Holiday. I guess I'll watch it for her performance. Um, Carrie Mulligan, two nominations coming after um, In Education in like 2008 or something some crazy far away year was her last oscar nomination and yeah 2009 is when that came out and she's back and she could win uh francis mcdormand trying to go for win number four how about that wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be three it certainly might be as i said that i thought maybe it's three um, it'll be her is, one, two, three, crazy number. it'll be her, th- this is her fifth nomination for acting. And she has won twice. You are correct for Fargo and, uh, the other one, three billboards. Yeah. Um, she's also nominated for producing Nomadland. She's the first actress to be nominated uh, for performance and for producing. She's nominated in picture as well. Best Actor, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, uh, Anthony Hopkins, who becomes the oldest Best Actor nominee at 83, I think, Gary Oldman uh, in Mank, and Steven Yeun in Minari. Best Director, uh, Thomas Vinterberg, another round. Very interesting, another round nominated for Director and Foreign Language Film, but not for its star, Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, David Fincher for Mank, Lee Isaac Chung, Minari, uh, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel, Promising Young Woman. And finally, Best Picture, The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Francis McDormand. Because <laughs> I was thinking of Peter Roth, and I was like, ooh, uh, while, I, while we talk about this, I should check to see how many nominations Peter Roth has. I'll start over. The Father, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Those are your uh, Best Picture nominees. So let's get into what makes some of these uh, interesting. As we said, uh, Chloe Zhao, four nominations. Um, Emerald Fennel, three nominations. Sasha Baron Cohen, two nominations. Francis McDormand, two nominations. Ryan Coogler gets nominated because he produced Judas and the Black Messiah, so he's back in the conversation uh, for an Oscar. And uh, uh, this is a good group of Best Picture nominees. There's not really a stinker in the bunch. There's no Joker. There's no Green Book. There's no Bohemian Rhapsody here, you know? Yeah. I mean, I guess it, it could turn out that, like, The Father is terrible. 
from uh, everything yeah. I've heard, that's but, not the case. But yeah, I okay. suppose it could. I, just, I, I know nothing about The Father and all the rest of these movies. I under, I at least understand are supposed to be good. I guess a bunch of... Uh, I, I'm pretty sure a lot the of father, people will tell you that The, the Trial father. of the Chicago 7 is Green Book this year. Yeah, but they're wrong. Um, yeah, there you go. The, uh, the Father, out of 154 reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, has 99% positive, 8.6 out of 10, and its Metacritic is an 87. Okay, well, that's... Uh, yeah, that seems like it's probably at least good then. Yeah, it's supposed to be fantastic. Um, but this is, you know, I'm really looking at this. This is as strong a lineup as we've had since in three years, which I think was all was an all timer. But once we see these, we could stack that up because in 2017, were there any stinkers at all? I probably. I don't I, like me saying stinkers as much as I'm saying it. I. Huh. Uh, uh, no, gonna... I mean the. It was really the darkest hour in the post. But other yeah, than that, okay. The Shape of Water, Call Me By Your Name, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, Three Billboards. And also, depending on how you feel about Three Billboards, I guess. Um, yeah. But it's really those two that you and I would consider on the weaker side. And so far, from the ones I've seen, I don't see anything as weak as those. Certainly, technically not. But uh, who's to say? So let's go over some uh, records that were broken. Because that's a lot of fun, isn't it? Sure. What do you got? All right, so uh, this is according to Screen Rant. Uh, women for the f- have been nominated for more Oscars than ever before. Um, across all categories, 70 different women received 76 total Oscar nominations. That um, is uh, yeah. always, exactly. always, always good to hear because uh, frequently not the case. Including the fact we could have had three, Regina King arguably snubbed, uh, we have two different women nominated in Best Director for the first time ever. Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennell uh, for No Nomadland. And Promising a Woman, uh, the first time that that's ever happened, which is very exciting. A record number of not non-white actors were nominated uh, for uh, acting Oscars. Viola Davis is now the most nominated black actress in history. This is her fourth nomination, um, which is crazy. That we're like, no, no, no disrespect to Glenn Close, but Glenn Close is on eight, yeah. and then Viola Davis is like, holy shit, four. You know, uh, Chloe Zhao with her four nominations. As I said, the most nominated uh, woman in a single year in Oscar history. So how about that? Um, she's also the first woman of Asian descent to be nominated in Best Director. Steven Yeun is the first Asian American Best Actor lead. Uh, Yeon Yu Jung, I promise to pronounce your name right as soon as somebody who knows it uh, says what it is. Um, she's the first Korean nominated for an acting Oscar ever. Wow. Ever. That's, that's, that's pretty surprising. It is, especially when Parasite won four Oscars last year. Yeah, no one in the cast could be bothered to be nominated. That's a good point. But she is the uh, she's the first one. Um, saying, Riz Ahmed is the first Muslim nominee for Best Lead Actor. Why do we say Lead Actor, Noah? Uh, because Mahershala Ali won like eight in a row. <laughs> he won two, but both in supporting. That's correct. Yeah. The Riz is the first uh, black uh, black. He's the first Muslim nominee for lead, and he also is the first. Um, I 
think he's a Palestinian descent. I believe. I, I, I think it's on my other page. Um, Netflix has the most nominations ever for a streaming service, obviously, because <laughs> I'd, I'd imagine where, breaking where, their own record. Where else were movies? Yeah. <laughs> but on streaming services. Um, uh, let's see. Here we go. Oh, no. I thought you were going to. Oh, man. I thought he was going to have the whole thing. Sorry. One second. Uh, by the way, uh, Chloe Zhao and Emerald Fennel are the sixth and seventh women ever nominated for director. That's uh, very can good we for name, them. Can we name bad. the other four? No. <laughs> I... Why not? Hold on. No, no, you... So you're, looking for, you're looking for five. No, the, didn't I say they're the fifth and sixth? You said sixth and seventh. Okay. So then, Noah, can you look up women nominated for best director and I'll do it? Sure. I'll, I'll try to guess him. I'm surprised uh, there were five. That seems... I mean, yes. not surprised in like a way we're like, wow, good for us. Just surprised that there have been that many based on all the discourse. There are uh, there are five. One of them you're not going to get unless you just know the trivia. And uh, another one you... I would guess don't know, but let's find out. I'm not going to get if I know... Th- okay, fine. You're not going to get unless you just like All right. know Catherine, the trivia of the first woman to win. First woman to win was Catherine Bigelow for director. Yeah, we're just looking for nominated. Oh, you 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 I said did, the first did woman. I win. Okay. Uh, Catherine Bigelow. Yes. Um, not Ava. Oh God, this is uh, was Sophia for translation? I don't think so. Yes. Right, great. This is going to take too long, Noah. Who else? Uh, Greta Gerwig. Of course. Uh, then we're looking for Jane Campion for 1993. Oh, for the piano. the piano. Yes, 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 Jane Campion. And Lena Wertmüller for 1976's Seven Beauties. I don't know what that is. But the piano, Nobody yes, does. Holly Hunter won the Oscar for that. So did uh, Anna Paquin. Um, all this kind of stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, uh, Chadwick Boseman's the first postonymous best actor nomination since Peter Finch for Network. And uh, yeah, I uh, anything else while I read through this quickly about uh, any of the. I I mean I do want to give a quick shout out to uh, Delroy Lindo, the uh, most egregious snub that I'm aware of, at least. Gave the performance of the year. Yeah, best I... performance of the year. And really just to Five Bloods in general. Like, guys, come now. Uh, but yeah, I'm really uh, I'm really looking forward to watching a lot of these movies. I haven't I haven't seen quite a few of the like the big the biggest contenders. Your Nomad Lands, your Sounds of Metal, etc. I uh, did just watch Judas and the Black Messiah the other day. Uh, thank you for the heads up about it leaving HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, incredibly good. Uh, really, I'm hoping setting the tone for what's to come. I think um, it, uh, it'll be fun this year to to learn along with kind of everyone else as they as the list comes out and then they start watching things. We have uh, a lot of time to 
go over everything. Uh, the awards of the 25th. So we've we've got a month and a half to watch everything, catch up on everything. We're gonna try to do what we've done for two years. Uh, make it a third. Uh, our first back to back watching every nominee. Yeah, um, and as, as ever, it's just gonna come down to the shorts. It's going to come down whether the shorts are available. And I feel like since theaters are closed or just scarcely open, they have to put in a package that we can just like rent for seven bucks. Come on. I'm, I'm crossing my fingers. I, I would not at all be surprised if the package was closer to 20, but it's fine. But yeah, That's I, fine I, think, with me. I, I agree. I think this year more than ever, like just put them online, please. Yeah. I'll pay two bucks a short. I don't care. Along it's with fine. the, along with the man who sold his skin. Okay. That yes. one, uh, I've that I'm one, just I, I I looked earlier. I was able to find everything else. Um, of the ones that you've seen, what nomination would you most like? Who would you like most like to see take home an Oscar? And I guess it doesn't have to be seen. If you really like Carrie Mulligan, you want her to win, then that's fine. But I right now, who would you really like? The one of the big, we'll say f- uh, six. So, picture director, actor, actress. Supporting, I, I guess uh, without without spending too much time thinking about it, I think it's got to be uh, Kaluuya for supporting actor in Judas and the Black Messiah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you know I you you meant you mentioned uh, Delroy as the performance of the year. I guess Judas came out this year now, so both things can be true. Uh, but I really thought he was just like revelatory in that movie, uh, in, incredibly good. And I think really deserving. Um, I think Chloe is the inside track to take director. That was going to be my pick. So instead I'm going to say, boy, wouldn't it be something to see the look on Maria Bakalova's face if she wins an Oscar? That would be very fun. Within, you know, we didn't know who she was until October. The movie was dropped surprise suddenly. And yeah. then she, she's, she's standing on a stage holding an Oscar. So the awards are going to be in two locations, Adobe theater and another place. Um, the only guests are going to be the presenters, the nominees, and the people they're allowed to bring. So they're one guest. That's it. And uh, and so that'll all be coming to you on April 25th. Um, that is we, it. Yeah. Do we know if there's a host? We don't know. I don't. Okay. I can't imagine. But also, like, you have to have some kind of host because what else are just casual people? Like, the ha- half the part of a host is like, oh, I want to see David Letterman make fun of these things or just what his monologue is going to be like. Now sure. more than ever, people are not connected to these movies. Pay Kevin Hart what he wants. That's all I'm saying. Uh, yeah. Get someone who people want or to see. somebody else. Who? Who would, who would be... I'm just saying, after the whole Kevin Hart thing we went through, like, I don't need that in my life again. I know. What about Dave Chappelle? No, I guess not him right now. <laughs> Bill Burton. Maybe not Bill Burr. I mean, I... Never, never Bill Burr, but... No. Anyway. I, you know what? I, I actually... Pedro I Pascal. Thought, How about I, that? If it was... Maybe Yoda could do it. If it was on... NBC, I had a thought recently that they should have the cast of SNL host where each person gets to have a moment where they do a little bit of joke. They do a couple characters come up and do something, but it's like a, a rotation of people yeah, that are talented and know how to put on a show. Sure. I'd... Um, that's it. Next week we are back. We're beginning our tournament. Uh, what is it called? Multiplex madness forever. 
Uh, we're starting with the round of 64. We're doing half of them. So we're going to we're gonna essentially cut. We're, we did this. We're cutting it by a quarter, right? Is that what we said? I... Because we're yes. cutting 64 down to 32, and then there's 64 on the other side. So yeah, we've cut one half and yes. half. So yeah. Yes. yes. We're, we're yes. losing a quarter of the films. We're going yes. over uh, the dramas, the comedies, the horror films, and the franchise starters. So tune in for that. Uh, Noah, plug us up. You can come find us at whatsintheboxoffice.com. We are on Twitter at WitBoxOffice. So that's also our Instagram handle. I am on Twitter at Noah Drukey. I am at Brian at Server, D-A-S-U-R-B-E-R. And of course, the feed for our podcast can be found pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Stitcher. Uh, we would love for you to uh, come join us. We got more tournament coming up. We got uh, more awards coverage coming up soon. So uh, smash that subscribe button. I think I've used that joke too many times. I got to stop doing that for a while. Um, thank you so much. I've been saying I'm um a lot. Listen, it's a problem when we do these in half. I don't know how to end it. I'm, I, I, I realize I'm going too long and then I'm like, I'm too in the weeds. So I'm like, I've already gone too long. Stop asking questions. Don't look this up. We already recorded so much of this before. This is not, I like when I sit down after a break, I'm like, all right, so this is just the podcast. It can be as long as it wants. Well, we're, uh, we're still, we're still coming in uh, well under several of our getting willy with it. So I think we're, uh, I think we're just fine. Okay, great. So let's go back to Mank. What I think the problem <laughs> is. Uh, yeah. What really held you back from Mank? I think it's lack of emotion. Mm. I didn't care about any of the characters at all, I guess. Anyway, that's enough about Mank. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening. This has been, uh, uh, What's in the box office is what we're called. I have been your host, Brian. I've been your host, Noah. Thank you for listening. And in case we don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.